Can you be quiet, please? Thank you. Welcome to Pirate Radio Live. Hi. 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 Tabua. Tabua. Aoub. <laughs> what about Aoub? Cool, neat story. Was that supposed to be funny? There's local politics, bud. I got a little taco meat on my chest. Let's get the pumping. I know Clip said he, he packed us in, so I'm just glad that I can prove Clip on. Got him. Strike three. It's all over. The Pirates are dancing, and they'll have a home regional in Greenville, North Carolina. A lot of people just see what we do on the field. They don't see the hours at 5 in the morning and the hours when it's 100 degrees out in Greenville. They don't see all that. So just seeing it finally pay off is just really awesome. Our guys are tough as nails. They've continued to show up when nobody else believed in them. I'm just so daggone proud of them. It's going to be fun. We, we, in the, we in the fig. I mean, everybody going to be loud. I'm going to be loud with them. I'm screaming too. I'm like, yeah, let's go. Let's go. Let's do this. You ready for this? I am. Now live from the Pirate Radio Studios in the heart of the Pirate Nation, here is your host, Clip Brock. Welcome in to a Tuesday edition of Pirate Radio Live. Clip Brock here with you inside the Pirate Radio Studios. You can check us out today on Pirate Radio 92.7 FM in Greenville, 104.1 in Washington. Also 1250, 930 online, PR927FM.com. And you can be a part of today's show by chiming in on facebook live or youtube you can find us there and give us your question comment concern birthday anniversary otherwise right there on facebook and youtube and of course smash that like as uh we we broke out last friday during the watch along all right shirley rhodes chandler honeycutt cj schaefer jonathan ellerby to my left and coming up on today's program, a lot of East Carolina talk. We'll uh, have some baseball talk as well. Mark Brown, CamdenChat.com will join us. O's and Blue Jays. I have not paid attention to Major League Baseball a lot these last two, three weeks with the everything ECU baseball going on. All I know is the Braves have won 12 in a row, and that's about it. So uh, we'll catch everybody up on what's going on in the MLB in hour number two. Also, Billy Weaver will join us on the program, get his thoughts on the Super Regional. And our question of the day was brought to our attention on uh, Twitter by Wiley. There was a uh, thread about who is your school or team's most hated rival rank who you hate we're going to talk about good old-fashioned sports hate on today's program so uh that'll be a topic throughout today's show who do you hate in the world of sports we'll uh dive into that momentarily bryce williams joins us in the five o'clock hour and uh, i put bryce to work i believe we are going to talk to a fisher woman who caught a marlin yesterday ellerby 556 pounds at the Big Rock Blue Marlin Tournament. But Bryce is the uh, guest booker for the 3 o'clock hour. So I think we're going to go out live to Moorhead City coming up and uh, talk Big Rock in hour three with Bryce Williams and a special guest. Is he in Moorhead City? or is He's going to be in that chair. He's going to be sitting right here in the the Marlin chair. You are warming him up in the captain's chair, the whatever you want to call it. The angler chair. What is the, yeah, I don't know the terms. You do. You are a experienced uh, deep sea fisherman at this point. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, My book uh, will be out by Christmas. Fishing is easy. (laughs) Hopefully uh, you'll pick up a copy. I'll be happy to come on here and uh, talk about it. But that's awesome. I guess he has a relationship with the lady that caught the uh, 550-pound marlin? We'll find out more Oh when, wow! Uh, when he joins us. I, I don't know. Uh, he he said that uh, he might have a guest lined up for us. So I said, Bryce, you do your thing, and uh, and we'll talk about it coming up in hour three of today's show. All right, LRB, uh, your first time 
here on pirate radio live since the greenville super regional came to an end we uh recapped it for three hours yesterday uh would you like to add to that how was your experience um my experience man what a weekend and uh some great ups some uh down moments and some exciting plays and just uh friday was incredible uh i mean electric everybody i mean that that atmosphere leaving the game it was hot saturday was hot uh the potential just like everybody knows up seven to two seven outs from omaha in the seventh inning uh just just amazing uh when starling hit that home run uh, down what the count was one two or whatever i was right there embedded in left field it flew to my right i mean that was an exciting uh, moment uh, losing on saturday you really felt uh, like everybody has said the wind was taken out the, the delays on sunday the ridiculousness of what happened sunday of how the game got to four o'clock and that the ncaa and espn l- let that happen basically gave a big screw you to fans coaches and players and uh i was there when they uh were, were, were coming back on the field at 10 15 ready to play and uh, i'll tell you that bottom of the you know that that first finishing up the first inning the atmosphere was as rowdy of a group of people in the jungle that i've seen in a long time i was in the left field and i will tell you this that left fielder for texas he he i i think everybody was fair and having a lot of fun but it was loud, rowdy. People were talking about how his mom was disappointed that he was the left fielder at Texas, where he could have been a shortstop somewhere else. I mean, there was just they were having a they were saying a lot. He didn't turn around and engage or whatever, but he got a full three outs of uh, heckling from uh, the jungle, and uh, and then of course, obviously, the next inning, uh, Texas just kind of was able to silence the crowd. But yeah. uh, overall. I mean, it, it was it was an amazing experience. I hate the way it ended. Um, you know, I wish. I mean, I can only imagine what it'd be like talking about going, planning to go to Omaha and fans trying to get there. Are, are you going? Aren't you? Because that was that was what everybody was talking about Saturday during the game, be- before the game, and and during the game. Right. You know, like I mean, I was getting text. You know, when uh, JJC hit that home run. I know. You know, like I mean, wow, we're going. You know, like this is. This is amazing. And then, uh, you know, even Sunday, getting out there early for the tailgate, people were like, so so what have, what have you looked up? You know, like you can fly here, you can do this, you know, hotel rooms, this and that. So um, the excitement around East Carolina baseball and hats off to Cliff Godwin and this baseball team. What they accomplished this year and, and the amazing season they had was, was just tremendous and uh it's 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 a tip of the cap to cliff of the program he's built his vision is a reality and uh i know they're going to grow and learn from it and uh hopefully only get better next year and uh, finally kick down that door and uh what an amazing experience and and day that'll be when they i mean honestly i had visions of what cliff was going to be talking about when when they won i mean i i I like they probably wouldn't have been able to talk for a while yeah i mean i I was i was i had i had a visual of just a emotional cliff godwin talking about keith leclerc talking about 23 talking about the moment and uh and it it didn't happen I, i feel 
confident it's going to happen and maybe in 2023 and everybody always wants to tie the number 23 to the success or whatever to the East Carolina baseball program but uh, hopefully next year is the year and uh, they obviously it would help if they got off to a better start than 14 and 13 but it shows that hey look through uh, hard work and perseverance you can accomplish almost anything and man the taste of that regional which we've had before that tasted good but that that super regional tasted even better and now we're we're hungry for that we've always said right Ellerby, that uh if ecu's going to omaha the road's gonna have to go through greenville north carolina had that opportunity this year couldn't take advantage of it uh, against a very very good texas team but now you know that that's you know cliff godwin gets on the fans the, the problem is he keeps raising the expectations and raising the the standard for ecu baseball so we expect those things and it is completely absurd to you know expect to host a super regional every year but that's that's kind of where we are right now that's what, what we expect to do now so uh the pirates are gonna have to come out and do it again next year and see what happens they're gonna have a very good team uh once again and uh i'm already looking forward to it man this past weekend was amazing the past two weekends have been amazing yeah it, it was incredible and uh, i know that there were fans for the first time at clark Claire stadium this season yeah that came the last two weekends track coach udon cheek uh rapper singer right uh tweeted last night he was like i'll be the first to admit i've never been a baseball guy really i've never watched a game from start to finish and he said that changed this weekend and he said part of it was cliff godwin anybody that works as hard as he does deserves you know the attention and respect of the fans and he said he's a fan now and there was a lot of people probably in that boat yeah and there's no reason uh when the schedule's released later this year and uh they start in february you know i know the baseball weather can be tough but uh lock in i know the pirates sold out of season tickets last year you talk about the standard well the standard's going to be one more next year of uh sell more season tickets get more people out into the jungle get you know get people out to those regular season games uh that weren't you know i mean the 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 announced attendance and the actual attendance may not match up as much during the regular season because of the number of tickets sold, but uh, maybe people will make that little extra effort. And uh, the, the home field advantage at Clark LeClaire is legit. And uh, I think it, it's proof, and you know, Clip, at Clark LeClaire, from Minji's to Dowdy Ficklin, those can be some of the most electric places to watch college athletics that I've been to. And, I, and I've been around to a lot of other stadiums and a lot of other places, and I'm not saying it's the best. I'm not saying what, but it is absolutely an advantage when the purple and gold are rocking at all three of those different venues. And uh, hopefully, you know, the play on the field, which uh, baseball has lived up to it consistently, um, you know, will continue to get that fan support and people will, will latch on even more. Jonathan Ellerby, Clip Brock here in the Pirate Radio studios as we uh, wrap up the athletic year for East Carolina Ellerby. It's now a a lull until football season, which kind of begins it, it begins in August when the players report. But we're going to be talking about it here uh, throughout June and July, right here on Pirate Radio. So now you hope this can carry over, and and you know it, it, just because the baseball team's good doesn't mean the football team is going to be good, but it does mean that people are excited about ecu athletics maybe it'll lead to more people buying season tickets going to football games this fall yeah it, i've said it on this program before and I, I i talked to a bunch of people out uh in the jungle this past weekend the two things that are special about east carolina athletics in my opinion and the two things that east carolina F- 
athletics always needs to have in their corner is it needs to be fun and the Pirates need to be relevant. You need to be able to go out and have fun, see friends and family, and meet new people in the Pirate Nation and, and, and talk about your shared experiences of going to East Carolina or living in Eastern North Carolina and, and having a fun tailgate before the game, during the game, after the game, and then being relevant because when they scan your ticket, whether it's 1% or 100%, you've got to think that East Carolina has a chance to win that day. And uh, I think that was the case uh, very much the last couple of weekends. And uh, I think, you know, we've seen some, some, some times uh, in this program and in, in all three of the programs where it's not fun and we're not relevant in those sports and it, it, it definitely takes a toll on you but you know and there's and, and just like we didn't win the last two games against Texas but it was fun and look even when East Carolina was down 4 nothing in that first inning and then there was a delay I still had a tremendous amount of hope, and yeah. everybody I was talking to was like, "All right, we got to chop and get a run here. We got to, you know, hey, look, can we get two runs here? We obviously, you know, let's not give up any more, you know." So that was the part that was fun, and uh, it was relevant that East Carolina was able to, you know, even in, on the Friday game they won. You know, Texas cut it to one, and then we were able to tack on the more runs to to, to put it away and win thirteen to to eight. So uh, it, it was it was a fun weekend. And uh, hopefully, folks, uh, I know a ton of folks, uh, hats off to you. You guys did a great job Friday having like a 10th inning call-in show, having a watch yeah, party. a lot of people calling in. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the interest was there. The, 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 the fringe of everybody coming into the Pirate Nation. And now we're just 81 days away until Pirate football. And uh, guess who we open up with? The Wolfpack, which Stay. is right up the road in Raleigh. So uh, plenty of reason for you to get excited and uh, come back and enjoy a party the whole month of September, Clip, as uh, there's going to be a Saturday football game every day in the month of September. And uh, we'll kick it all off with the Pirate Radio football kickoff party on that Thursday, September 1st. So uh, it is going to literally be a September to remember and uh, be a part of it by uh, getting your season tickets and uh, coming to Greenville. Or if you're in Greenville, go ahead and uh, jump on board and get other people to come fill up your house. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, to turn that page to football. I did see today Stephen Igo had a VIP chat on Hoist the Colors, and he was asked about next year's baseball schedule. And he said all he knows is Cal State Fullerton is coming to the Keith LeClaire Classic. So that'll be pretty cool. You know what that means, Chandler? The Titans will be here. The Titans. Isn't that uh, the pitching coach? The Titans. Isn't that where he went? Uh, Jason Dietrich? Yes. Titans. Titans. Maybe that's why they're coming. All right, Titans. <laughs> Thank you, mm-hmm. Mike Keith. Who's the uh, Who's the first opponent in football, though? State. <laughs> Touchdown, State. <laughs> Chandler, uh, earlier today, LRB, we were uh, busy doing work, of course, as we always I, I, do. Work, 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 work. That's I know that's what all you guys do. I thought I saw the brooms in the hallway. <laughs> today, uh, <laughs> part of Chandler's job was reading the lyrics to Freak League by Petey Pablo. Oh, really? Of course, Eastern North Carolina legend. As uh, John Gruden, uh, Gary Hahn, and Mike Houston, actually. Yeah. Wow. And uh, that was part of his job today. I mean, he got the job done. He'll be glad to know. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm proud of you, Chandler. You know, it's now what well, we're gonna do. Well, we like to have some fun. One day we're gonna bring that uh, on the air as content, and people are gonna like and retweet and tell all their friends, and then smash the like button. They're gonna smash the like button. Smash right. the sub. And, yes, and then you'll you'll be able to see why we put in this work behind who, the scenes. Who is Chandler's best impersonation? Who 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 does he? What is his absolute go to? That you think that you think Clip Brock is his best. 
His Gruden is good, but I mean, Frank Caliendo does Gruden yeah. and everybody does so Gruden. So give me his best and worst. So you're saying Gruden and... No, I I, I mean, I think Gary Hunt. Touchdown State! <laughs> I think that's his best. Looking out Tony on the sideline, Tony. Plus, he's the only guy that does it, so it's him. <laughs> that's his thing. I'm the only person in the world that does it. His worst, uh, I don't know. There is one that I've tried before, and it's not good. I just can't remember. The last time I did try to do Rick Smith, it wasn't good, but I haven't done Rick Smith in a while. I love it, but his most annoying is uh, our friend Mark Lindsay, uh, formerly of Rivals. A little bit for sure in terms of a little bit. And they coach a little bit for sure. Tell us. I'm not at 24-7 sports anymore. I was never actually there. I was there actually at Rivals.com a little bit for sure. Wow. And that one gets a little annoying. Yes. But it is uh, it is comical. All right. Speaking of. Uh, do, do we need to call 911 for Shirley? Is anybody like, what, what's going on in there with Shirley? Like, are you are you all right? Like, we need a wellness check on her? She seems to no. be. No. Okay. I've been fine. here. You've been here long. You started the damn thing, LRB. Yeah. I've been here a long time. Just if, don't mess with Shirley. Okay. Like, Did I poke the bear? I mean, I'm not messing with I, If she's over there doing whatever, that's okay. what she's doing. I'm listening. That has nothing all to right. do with me. I'm minding my business. All right. Sounds as long good. as she takes me to break I when I ask for it. I didn't want she, I just want I want her to get like in kill mode over there and like, you know. Shirley's in a good mood because she was given gifts uh, earlier today. What? Why yes. Uh, P1 yes, I was. listener Steve Hill dropped by. He uh he said he gets these, I guess, I don't know if it's like a monthly deal or whatever. Yeah, it's kind of like a um like a a box. Like chewy.com has mystery monthly box, mystery box, yes. Type thing. But he gets like autographs. There's like one guaranteed autograph or something in every box. And this week, this month, he got Abby Wambach, and he said he had no interest in it. But uh, he told me last week at Sports Trivia, he knew somebody that did. Uh, and he said, would Shirley be interested in this? I said, heck yeah, she would. So he came by and dropped off an Abby Wambach autograph card for Shirley Rhodes today. Well, dang. That's the kind of listeners, that's the kind of people we have in Eastern North Carolina, folks givers congratulations yeah i'm pretty excited because i do not have one of these so i get to add that to my collection Uh, i was about to ask you how much you got it on the internet for right now (laughs) (laughs) no 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 i actually have a uh autographed abby wambach practice jersey practice practice talking Um, about practice yep talking about practice and i i could probably fetch a little bit for it but i it's priceless to me so it's practice though do you have a uh cherished autograph ellerby in your home a cherished does hunter does hunter have an autograph do kids have autographs these days i don't know if people do autographs i'm trying to think um who he got at a o's game no, uh, no, not really autographs. Really, you get pictures. I know Troy's one of Troy's kids, like JJ Hardy. I don't know if he got an autograph, but I remember Troy talking about that. You know, one of my favorite autograph stories is my dad took me to an Atlanta Braves game back right. in the '80s. And you got Skip Carey's autograph? No, and I, we had bought a program, and uh, which was basically the internet back then. Oh yeah, and uh, I was, you know, and we were we were all standing up around the dugout where the Braves were, were coming in and out. And uh, the the Braves had just traded, or no, the Braves. Uh, you remember Brett Butler? Yeah, center fielder. Yeah, uh, he was he was there signing some autographs, and I thought he was an awesome player yeah. at the time. And uh, and my dad took the program and just threw it at him, and he and, he, and it like landed at his feet, and he picked it up, signed it, and threw it back. But oh then, wow! But it was like one of the last ones he signed. Yeah. And uh, that was kind of like one of those moments. I, it was like a real proud kid, like dad. Like oh, yeah. Like my dad just like, he, he made this happen, you yeah. know? And then uh, I remember, the reason I remember, because I remember when the Braves traded Brett 
Butler for Lynn Barker. And it broke my heart. It was yeah. like one of the worst trades of all time because Lynn, <laughs> Lynn Barker was like one of the worst pitchers, in, you know. But it was, uh, but I'll, always that's kind of like one of the one of the cool autographs that I'll uh, kind of always remember because I was one of my, my one of my kid memories. That is well, a cool, neat story, Ellery. Until I got uh, my first Abby Wambach autographed piece of memorabilia, probably my most favorite one uh, and my most cherished one was an autograph of Lynn Swan, uh, the former wide receiver for the pittsburgh steelers because my mj huh mj golf classic yes i got it at the mj golf classic and see my i grew up my mom is a huge steelers fan so no i did not touch him i I don't do the Charlie's not the toucher i I don't no i'm not the toucher i'm the touchy uh, did Lynn Swan touch you? No. no. Where? Show us where Lynn Swan touched you. Probably shouldn't joke My about hand. that in 2022. I shook his hand. Oh, that's good. All. Good. Because uh, I was a tea announcer. He came over and I announced him. And right before or while uh he was waiting to be announced because I had he had someone in front of him, I asked him if he would sign my book. And he signed my book, my little the little program book that came with that's it. That's cool. And, he was probably doing and, uh, TV then, right? Was he Monday Night Football? I don't know if he was at that time. He was sidelined. Yeah, Yeah, but and that was a big deal because my mom is a huge Pittsburgh Steelers fan. So the legendary catch in the Super Bowl. Mm -hmm. My uh, story, Shirley, not as good as those. I got uh, Steve from nine hundred two one zero and Curly Neal. I got their autographs at the Michael Jordan Golf Classic. Ian Zeering. Ian Zeering. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So. those are my. I tried. To, I tried to get. Uh, <laughs> I can't believe you led. With, I mean, I would lead with Curly instead of Steve. And maybe not even bring Steve in. I tried to get Damon Williams the, that same year. I tried to get Damon Williams, but he he actually turned me down because he was too hungover. Who is that? The, Damon Wayans. Wayans. I'm sorry, uh-huh. not Williams. Damon Wayans. He was too hungover because he had gone out the night before in. Hey, it happens here. Downtown Greenville. And uh, so he was a tad bit hungover and he turned me down. What's the percentage of people that think they, that would know who, that that are like 15 years younger than you, that would know who the Steve from 902 would know (laughs) and uh, Curly? More than Brett Butler. Yeah, well, absolutely. Absolutely. I'm surprised any of y'all knew who Brett Butler was. I remember was. Brett Butler playing against the Braves in the early 90s for the Dodgers, I want to say. Mm-hmm. He so. also played for the Indians. I think that's when he got traded. They traded Lynn Barker for him to the Indians, and it was just. I would hope deal. people know Curly Neal, but they probably don't. But nobody. Well, people know Ian Zeering because uh, Mike Sharknado. Schwartz. I brought it up with Mike Schwartz because he went to Beverly Hills High School. And. Uh, and I told him the Ian Zeering story, the famous story that everyone knows. And he said, uh, oh, the guy from Sharknado. Right. So, like, maybe there's a group of people that know him from that, you know, dumb movie. That you know him from 90210, but really. <laughs> He's more you, known. Have you seen Sharknado? I, nah. I never, never watched, watched those it. either. I never got into it. Hmm. Congratulations. Do you still have those autographs? Uh No. Maybe at my folks' house somewhere in the attic. Is there a piece of memorabilia that you lost that you wish you still had? There's a good question. That is a great question. I'll have to think on that one. I know the answer for Troy is no because he has everything. Oh, yeah, absolutely. He still has his napkins from lunch. <laughs> <laughs> they have value, Ellerby. Hey, I mean, you just you just never know like uh, if you spill something later today or whatever. Uh, no, that's a good question. I have a – well, I couldn't wear the hats now, but I would love to go back to when I was uh, in like 7th, 8th grade or high school to see my hat collection because I had a bunch of minor league hats and cool hats that I wish I still had. 
but I couldn't do anything with them, so it really didn't matter. What whatever happened to them? Did you got they thinning? probably just got tossed. Your, your parents or, chunked them. They're like, and I'd wear them out pretty much to where you know they so, were getting holes in them and stuff. So you you always been a hat guy. Always loved. I'm a hat guy. Ashley says, LRB, the best Brave in the 80s was Dale Murphy. Oh, absolutely. Love I mean, watching the no Braves question. back then. I had uh, two or three Dale Murphy posters. He was my hero growing up. I mean, he was really why I was a Braves fan. And then I love, I mean. Still a cool dude. He's on uh, pretty active on Twitter. Yeah, he has gotten really active. And he's gotten kind of active uh, being at Braves games. I was watching uh, a Braves game not too long ago. And he was at the game with his, like, 18 family members that were like in a box somewhere it was like dale murphy bobblehead day but uh, he's got a restaurant too right i hadn't been to the new stadium you know i've been out there restaurant he probably does i mean he's an icon and i can't believe he's not in the hall of fame what he did um back then during that era was was with a very bad terrible it was a terrible team and he still managed to you know um be successful and it is disappointing that he's not in the hall of fame um, my mom, I, I feel like I bring this up when we talk about autographs, but we would go to Redskins games back in the day, and my dad and I would stand kind of up where you go in the stadium. My mom would be down below where the players come in from the parking lot, mm-hmm. and she would be like, Who is he? Who is he? <laughs> like right in the guy's face. And then we'd flash the numbers down to her. Yeah. So she'd turn to the page of the program and get the autograph. Right. It was like a three man operation yeah. to get uh, Redskins autographs back then. That's but, great. Uh, That's kind of like in the, the holiday tournament they used to have at Broughton High School. Um, and they still, it's called the John Wall tournament oh, yeah. now, but it started like they used to have it all at Broughton High School where I went to high school in Raleigh. And uh, I think uh, Corciani and Monroe came over. Fire and ice. One year, and my mom was like on the PTA helping him vault, running like the 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 concession stands to help you know as a fundraiser for the school or whatever and they were trying to cut in the line to get to like the vip area like to stand up behind the goal and my mom was like you can't just completely <laughs> gave them the, gave them and they turned around and walked away and they went around the other side or whatever and i was like and i looked and i was like mom that was that was fire and ice and she was like i don't care who they are no one else is supposed to be back up <laughs> i don't give a damn that's awesome so I was, they actually listen to her that's nice to hear. yeah i mean i guess there was some respect back yeah. in the day too of authority but yeah. uh she didn't care she was, she just knew that no one was supposed to be there because this was messing up her concession stand i can see that happening after sitting next to your mom in the baseball game on saturday i can actually see her going i don't care who you are you cannot hey randy no, get out of here <laughs> yeah get out of here they might as well have been a broughton student she did not i mean did not care <laughs> <laughs> good stuff all right uh let's enough laughs let's talk about hate ellerby because you have a lot of hate in your heart i do <laughs> <laughs> you're not a very hateful person nah. um but sports hate is different from hate 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 is bad sports hate is fine it's like, good he hate me Uh, it's good to hate when it comes to sports it's not because it it makes it more fun it makes it interesting you have the back and forth all that sometimes when it turns where you actually hate your other sports teams more than you really love your team it can become kind of sickful how about when you hate your own team (laughs) like i do more than i hate the cowboys that's bad right right um so somebody on twitter point like tagged chandler and i today wally jackson wiley and it was about it was a college football question which you don't really like pro teams anyway so you probably don't hate any pro teams but but for college for ecu you know it asked rank your rivals as far as how much you hate who you hate the most right so who would be number one on? Uh, i think nc state i agree although i have more 
and this is probably everybody most people i have more state friends than any other college would you say that's the case for you yeah i would say that's yeah um and i can relate more than to them than i can people that went to north carolina or duke texas i think i have zero friends that went to duke (laughs) they were out of my league um texas yes uh but yeah state would probably be number one I, I think because an East Carolina win over NC State, it really riles them up too. You know, I think uh, like Carolina and Texas, they're kind of like it doesn't doesn't really it wouldn't have affected Texas one way or the other. I mean, for the most part, if they would have walked out of here losers and we were going to Omaha, I mean, as much as if if, if we beat NC State two out of three games in the Super Regional here. I mean, there'd be a lot of crushed souls. Texas, it would have been like a little pebble in the ocean. Okay, oh, they, they got us. They'd have gotten like, back on their big jet, flown back, and yeah. uh, gotten ready for football season, you know, or whatever. Lined up billions of dollars to go buy some more players to get to the College World Series next year. So, um, yeah, NC State's got to be number one just for just for the history. And, and for me, too, because I grew up in Raleigh. So, and I've always been an East Carolina fan because my parents went to East Carolina. So, I mean, I was kind of like the very small minority of people that really liked East Carolina in in the 80s. I mean, that, that was a small group of people. East Carolina was not as, you know, what this, this massive fan base that we, bigger fan base we have now, you know, that spreads across, you know, a lot more graduates and a lot more people interested in the program. So, um, I, absolutely, NC State would be number one of, of schools that I, I dislike. And I get a good chuckle out of their demise of the College World Series last year and then, the, you know, being left out of the tournament. I mean, I, look, my aunt went to NC State. And, 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 and so, I mean, we just have, we have fun, you know, joking about it. But it's, yeah. it, but I agree with you. I mean, it's the, it's the people you know the most so you can actually interact. That and, makes it even more fun. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and look, people people were texting me over the weekend about East Carolina and, and you know, my actually my NC State friends, they were pulling for East Carolina. So, um, but they're actually, my NC State friends are more, more willing to pull for East Carolina than I ever am to willing pull for NC State. <laughs> right. Yeah, I get that. Uh, Professional-wise, do you care enough to hate anybody? Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, for me, as yeah, obviously the Cowboys. I, I have a that would be my number one hate across the board. I don't really hate the Cowboys. I'm trying to think of an NFL team. I hate the Eagles. I hate the Phillies. I hate Philadelphia. You don't like. You don't eat any cheesesteaks, do you? I love cheesesteaks. <laughs> <laughs> but just not Philadelphia cheesesteaks. <laughs> no, I like the ones here in Greenville. Right. The Greenville cheesesteaks. Uh, I'm trying to think baseball-wise. I mean, the Yankees are the obvious answer if uh, you hate anybody. No. Nah, I mean, I've, I've been to the Yankee Stadium enough time that I respect the history and tradition of the Yankees. And it's, uh, that's I, you know, I, if I had to pick, it might be the Mets because I was a Braves fan for a long time. And just the Mets just kind of... You know, out of the Yankees or Mets, would you, if you had to pick one, I hate the Yankees more, and and I, it's probably not a good time to say this, but like the Mets are have not been a threat at all, but this year obviously they are. In the eighties, they were kind of good, right, right, and I missed out on that. Right. So yeah, they just they've been kind of almost lovable losers like uh, the Cubs. So, uh, but no, if they get good again, I'll, I'll hate them. Uh, that's for sure. What are some other sports that would so we covered football, baseball, basketball? I don't. How can you hate anybody in the NBA? I just don't. The Lakers franchise, I've always rooted against. Oh, you like the Celtics? 
they're kind of the one of those other like you either kind of look. if it was them if like that kevin garnett uh ray allen paul pierce series i pulled for the celtics over the lakers you know the like i went to the rays red sox playoff game last year in in tampa before the ecu ucf game and i mean there, you go to certain stadiums and there's and the, and the red sox fans are obnoxious at, at, at so top notch they went from oh this is awesome manny and ortiz and they finally won this is great boston they, they got yeah. this great fan to like almost yankee level oh i think they passed of, the yankees yeah maybe so they became very hateable because especially the yankees... since the bruins patriots celtics all won too very the, it was very, too much very arrogant i think they're they're a successful philadelphia is what it comes down to. <laughs> Philadelphia with wins. With, with, with championships. Yes, so maybe that's the case. <laughs> All right, uh, we'll uh, we'll ask you guys, so start thinking about it. Who do you hate? All right, Ellerby, uh, anything else before we let you know? No, I'm today? trying to think if there are any other college football teams that I hate. I don't really I, – I respect Nick Saban in Alabama. Right, what blue blood, if any? Is there a blue blood? Most? I mean – I don't like Carolina basketball. I always hope that they they, they take a dive whenever. But uh, I'm gonna see how I feel in a few months when football starts, and if my this Texas hate can, rolls over, it might go away next week. I don't know. But as of right now, if Texas was playing right now, I'd probably pull for the other team. In general, I don't like Big Ten football. So take that. That is. Does a, that help? Why? Huh? Why? I just you think it's boring. I just think it's. Uh, I just think there's kind of an entitlement and maybe i tend okay. to love well, more that's fine. maybe i i, I if between the big 10 and sec i'm going sec just because i guess of where i live geographically and i'm oh more, god i would yeah. watch an sec game 10 times out of 10 over iowa and penn state yeah i mean like i'm all about i'm all about old miss vanderbilt versus illinois versus purdue yeah i, I, I roll with that troy d is here I had to sit through Northwestern Rutgers. It was painful. You went to Northwestern Rutgers, the though. Game was awful. The uh, <laughs> the point totals have gone way up in the Big Ten. The the it's not as boring. But you went to <laughs> the most boring matchup possible. He went to two schools that, that nobody <laughs> recognizes as the Big Ten schools. <laughs> Northwestern Rutgers is like, well, is that Ivy League? What is that? You know, like no one's recognizing Rutgers, and it's like when you watch Maryland, you still think they're in the ACC. Kind of like I shouldn't have said I got Ian Zeering's autograph choice to just say I went to a Big Ten game. Everybody, oh, that's cool. That's fun. Yeah, yeah. Don't say the teams. Yeah. Don't say who you saw. Absolutely. Good All call. right. Good advice. If you think of anybody you hate, LRB, let me know. Yeah, we'll go Big Ten right now. <laughs> All right. NC State. LRB is a Big Ten hater. Uh, we will take a timeout. Come back. More to go. Hour one of Pirate Radio Live. We are back with you. Hey, who do you hate? Let us know. We're back after this. Listening to Hour One of Pirate Radio Live. This hour is brought to you by University PC Care, your local tech support experts for all your personal and business needs. Visit universitypccare.com to learn more today. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Are you in outside sales and looking for an opportunity to increase your earning potential? Copy Pro has been in Eastern North Carolina for over 45 years and continues to grow each year, and they are in need of more sales professionals with a desire to potentially make a six-figure income. Do you have what it takes? Visit copypro.net today to submit your resume and to learn more. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Clip. 
All right. Thank you, Shirley. Her name is Shirley. Her name is not Dwayne, Greg, Dickie, Barry, Butch, Chuck, Lamar, Dan, Warren, Johnny, Alan, Mark, Hotel, Derek, or Jimmy. But she will eat a peach. <laughs> like the Almond Brothers band once I was said on an album. <laughs> oh, wow. I, I was like, where way. are you going with this? I went this? a long way for that one. Chandler, yes, you did. I, am I out of my lane? Should I get back in my lane? Get back. Okay. Get back. All right, get back. Get back right now. That's the beautiful stuff. He's swerving, son. All right, uh, we are back with you here on Pirate Radio Live. Who do you hate? We're talking about that today. Um, Yesterday, we were sad. We're going through the stages, so we were sad yesterday. Today, we're mad, so we're going to talk about who we hate in the world of sports. Maybe we should get some rage out. We do have a rage room. I raged about Texas yesterday. Yeah. I might have more coming up Thursday. Okay. If I still have some of that rage. I'll get that out during our uh, our rage room segment. Um, Turner has his hate power rankings. Number one, North Carolina. Number two, Dallas Cowboys. I like where he's going with this. Number three, Michigan basketball. Hmm. Turner was. Uh, were you the guy Jawan Howard punched? Could be. Thank you for that slap smacked smacked we'll agree on smack <laughs> number four clemson football all right chris carney chris mccarney says michigan football huh. well you're gonna hate him next year that's right you can hate me now jonathan says the u in football uh i think i got a soft spot for the u because washington had both clinton porter they had clinton porter santana moss and sean taylor on maybe my all-time favorite Redskins team. So I, I developed a, uh, a soft spot for the U when those guys were playing for my pro team. Uh, and Chandler, we are, of course, huge Miami basketball fans. Yes. In March when they uh, help us win money. Uh, all right, Chandler, as uh, Mr. Well, – let's start with East Carolina. Um, Turner says, no, I did not get Will Smith by Mr. Howard. So that was not him uh chandler who do you hate the most as a pirate uh easily carolina i cannot okay. stand the tar heels now yeah half my family is state fans so i kind of grew up not going crazy for state but I, I tolerated state growing up uh but i was taught to hate carolina and i mean i probably even if i wasn't taught i'd probably hate carolina carolina fans will watch you watch you put 55 points on them and then 70 the next year and still say that <laughs> we took you lightly because we're better than you like that that is carolina they're delusional <laughs> they are and i you know we all witnessed that and majority of their fans did not go to carolina Nah, a lot of bandwagoners so uh you hate it all yes and um when it comes to nfl i know you haven't asked me that yet but i'll go nfl um saints they're they're when it comes to the Panthers division, the Saints. I always wonder if the, the pan- bounty, uh, the bounty uh, stuff. Yeah, I, that's really when I started hating. You know, uh, the Saints. So is it? Um, have the Falcons ever been number one? I always wonder with the Panthers. Is it Falcons or Falcons Saints? fan base? Um, I, I, they're they're brutal. The the Falcons fan base. I've been to a Panthers Falcons game, and their fans are not. I just I hate them. So yeah. Uh, but the Saints, uh, I don't like. And then last year, I kind of learned, you're going to like this. But last year, I have learned 
to hate the Cowboys. Just last year? I know. I know. What took you so long? Well, I never had anything against the Cowboys, but I watched Cowboys football, not just Cowboys football throughout the regular season. I watched Cowboys playoff football with Cowboys fans, and my God, that was a experience, a terrible one at that. And um, they have the most obnoxious, dumb fans, delusional on the fans. Planet. Yeah, I mean, I I guess it took me to watch a Cowboys game. the The topper was the playoff game, the wild wild card first round. I can't remember who did um, they play. San Francisco, I think. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and watched it. I'll, I'll say I had tiebreakers at the breaker. And uh, I actually also the regular season game that was really good was the red uh, well formerly the Redskins the that uh, was not good the the football team and the Cowboys not good not the Sunday night game but the one before that where the uh, football team almost came back and won yeah um, that was kind of where I was like man these these people are crazy these Cowboys fans are crazy and then the topper was that playoff game and I was like oh my God I can't stand these people. Uh, I I mean I've I've hated them forever. I think they're morons. Why did why was there a hole in cowboy old cowboy stadium so God could watch the Cowboys play? Hey idiots, are you trying to say God can't see through plastic through roofing? You think you need to cut are you saying Santa Claus has more power than God? Because Santa Claus sees you when you're sleeping, knows when you're awake. He doesn't do that by peeking in windows. He has x-ray vision. You think God needs to cut a hole to watch some idiots play football? No. And that's why I hate the Cowboys. And, and Mike P., there is no problem with the they didn't go to school there. It's just that I feel like a lot of people that I know that are Carolina fans want to act like and want to try to be acknowledged as if they went there. There's no problem with I mean, I know people that are big EC fans that did not go to East Carolina. So that's not a problem, but... I don't know. I just I grew up hating Carolina, and I still do to this to this day. Uh, Kevin hates in the NFL the Patriots, the Cowboys, and the NFC South opponents. Hates them all. Uh, in the NHL, Pittsburgh and Washington. Hey. That's right. Coming after you, CJ. MLB, the Yankees, and lately the Marlins. Is that because they always hit Ronald Acuna? Um, they're not a threat, but they are when they throw baseballs at our best player. Kevin hates Duke and NC State in college. So, uh, all right, uh, Shirley, who do you hate? In the college ranks, I have a D1 and a D2. <laughs> all right, awesome. Our first D2 entry. D1, obviously, I just I utterly detest Carolina. D2, Mount Olive. Ooh. Mount Olive, the Trojans. The fighting pickles. What did the pickles do to you? Well, well, I'm a Barton grad. So uh, when I, uh, Barton and Mount Olive used to be rivals. I don't know if they still are now, but uh, when I was in school, we were rivals in basketball. And uh, my senior year, uh, we were having a very successful season. And uh, the road to the postseason had to go through Mount Olive. We had a point guard who was a really, really good point guard, and he had uh, some shoulder issues on his shooting arm. And uh, he was diving for a ball, and one of the Mount Olive players intentionally walked over and stepped on that shoulder. Yeah. 
and uh, it's uh, one of two games that season that I was nearly ejected as a manager for coming out on the court. So, um, because you know you get to you get to know those guys, and you know you get to yeah. be friends with them, and you're protective of them, and and I was very protective of my of my guys. So, um, but anyway, so yeah, I, I, that I never forgave them for that, and I still won't. That's a, um, some good old fashioned Christian fellowship yeah, on the court with those two they schools. They can bite me for all I care. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, so and come on, I mean, it's just your school in a pickle town. That's all you are. So, um, so that's the D two. Uh, People in Mount Olive in the NFL, right now. I don't care. Hate you. Wow. Uh, they can hate me all they want. Our to. Mount Olive audience has dropped. Yeah. Dramatically. Well. Yeah. But my Barton audience knows exactly what I'm talking about. But. Um, and then in the NFL, I just I truly, truly, truly detest the Patriots. I'm sorry, Tony, if you're listening. Yeah, but, uh, I just cannot. I can't watch it. I couldn't watch them with Brady. I still can't watch them without Brady. I just there's just something about that team that just rubs me the wrong way. Me personally, I feel like the Patriots are less hateable without Brady, and Brady is less hateable without the Patriots. That now I can agree with that because he is less That's hateable true. as a Buccaneer. Is that how you feel? That's yeah, true. yeah. It's kind of weird, right? Is it is. Well, I, I don't know about the Patriots the part, but definitely. You agree Brady. with the Brady part. I agree with the, the Brady, part. Brady part, but definitely not the Patriots part. I just can't stay. I, I think it's Belichick. It's just he's got this attitude about him that, you know, I mean, granted, he is a very successful coach, but there's just something about him. There's a vibe that comes off of him that if I ran into him in a dark alley, I'd just have to punch him. I, I just don't know what it is. Well, I just don't like it. Why huh? would you do that, Shirley? Why would I do that? Why would you do that? I don't know. I don't like you. I might punch you back. Who the hell wears I'm a hoodie with cut-off sleeves? Stupid. I'm going to punch you and take your Abby Wombat card. It's on yeah, the, go it's, for it it's over on my dead body. <laughs> it's on the Mount Olive. We're on, we're we're on, on the Mount Olive. We're on the Mount Olive. We're on the pickles. Yeah, yeah on to the fighting pickles. I like bread and butter over deal. Oh, uh, now that is... That, I'm joking about that. I was going to say. No, that is blasphemy. <laughs> oh, that no. is absolute blasphemy. No. When I took a bite into a burger and the taste of a bread and butter... Uh, uh, that happened to me. Oh, my God. It's terrible. I ordered a burger and I, I asked for it. pickles. And I asked... Oh, it was in New Orleans. It was, was Chandler there? No. <laughs> You're acting like he was with you. I was like... Okay. No, because I, I, I swear like, I thought I told you that story. Uh-uh. Yeah, it was in New Orleans in the hotel. In the hotel. You bit into a pickle? It sounds like a pretty self-explanatory story. <laughs> no, I was in New Orleans. We were in the hotel. Okay. It was late. We didn't want to go out somewhere to eat, so we just went to the restaurant that's in the hotel. Okay. I ordered just a simple cheeseburger, and I asked for pickles. Oh, you're an extra pickles gal. We've learned that. Yes, over I the love last extra weeks. pickles on my burger. The more, the merrier. And I was all excited because I saw the pickles, and I was like, oh, there are a lot of them in there. All right took a bite into it and i was like wait a minute that don't taste right who puts a sweet pickle it on a was burger? a bread and butter they were bread and butter pickles Man. and i absolutely went on a 10 minute diatribe on how absolutely ridiculous and you know just rude and disrespectful rude. <laughs> how it was rude. how rude are you to put you know bread and butter pickles on because i swear i thought that waiter did it on purpose <laughs> he knew you were a dill gal and swear, gave you the bread and, and butter. i gave him the side eye the rest of the night uh cameron says maryland fans are delusional i went to the acc tournament in 1998 the basketball tournament and i went to every game i didn't have a ticket to the last game i had to buy it 
myself i went with a buddy his aunt won tickets on a radio station there's the background and i I sat by myself in the championship game between carolina and duke and i was in i was i guess in the leftover maryland section and this grumpy old man maryland fan sat there the whole game i guess he just hate watched it with his arms crossed and watched the game and didn't say anything the entire game and just sat there stewing because he's probably one of those people and it might be true that think carolina and duke got all the breaks in the acc and maryland was the outcast which i guess is why they went to the big 10 where they're still an outcast but anyway i remember that maryland fan very well he was not a happy person was that the year of the blake kid steve blake was nah this was before was, that before this was that? Okay. uh jameson and carter were playing for carolina i remember but that gary williams was still the coach sweaty then, gary right? was yeah. there sweaty gary sweaty was sweating good. it out yeah that yeah. dude's uh, he had a problem <laughs> mike says i hate navy because of how they would beat us besides last year but i love the troops all right mike well i'll tell you what if you don't like america you can get out you can cast my eyes um pack your bags <laughs> we don't want you let's see if we got anything else nc state fans are closet dookies i don't know if that's true maybe a few i don't know no because if you were to compare it, it this is my opinion no one else's if you were to compare state fans to carolina fans i think state fans are just slightly more tolerable definitely slightly more tolerable you know they, well, state people and Carolina people. As yes. far as fans, I have a lot of friends that it's, are it's Carolina fans like, that didn't go to Carolina. I used to be one growing up as a kid. Yeah, which well, I was too I mean, young to get I have a lot of I have a lot of relatives that are state fans. So you know, the state fans are kind of here, but Carolina, no, 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 right. no, 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 no. CJ, um, now you you got a lot to talk about here because you're a Filipino Havlockian Pittsburghian, so. Yinzer? So who Is that did what they, they called you? I don't know. I okay. Oh. All right. First of all, as a, we got to go through a lot of different things here. What just happened? Let's start. It fell off. Let's start with your uh, Filipino heritage. What country do you hate as a Filipino? As a Filipino? Yeah. What country do you hate? Who, are, you, who are y'all feuding with right now? right now i don't know 1945 probably japan all right there you go hates japan mm-hmm. uh all right as an Havlockian, who do you hate newburn all right there you go bear down <laughs> bears down however that works I okay and how about as a pittsburghian philly. as a pittsburgh fan philly easily so your most hated in a but your most hated nfl team's got to be a division team yeah definitely the ravens, ravens. yeah but yeah. as a whole like everything about the city of philadelphia as a Pirates fan, who do you hate the most? Ourselves. <laughs> All right, good answer. Or wait, which Pirates did you mean? Uh, Pittsburgh. Oh, okay, yes, ourselves. Okay. Uh, anything else? Are you a Penguins fan? Yeah. Yeah, I hate the Caps. And you hate the Flyers? Caps? Flyers, too, yeah. But All right. Caps are probably one. And for some reason, you're a Celtics fan, so who do you hate the most there? Right now, the Warriors. Yeah, right now, the Warriors. Usually the Lakers, occasionally the Knicks. Okay. All right. And how about as a Pirate? An ECU pirate. UNC easily. All right, UNC takes the cake. Glenn, you got hate in your heart. Let it out. I'm not a hateful person. That, whoa. That is that. Those are misconceptions. Those are lies. You're told to you by the media. He's misunderstood. He's like Rashid Wallace. He's misunderstood. That's a hundred percent. Did you talk about the story about the dude 
who sung the national anthem at the college world series for Are the you women changing topics on yeah um i just had something to tell you and all mics in there were taken up so i came in here so a guy sang the national anthem at the women's world series world college world series he would not be allowed to sing it at the men's world series now why would that be because he flashed an offensive gesture he gave the finger no something worse he was he did that or something no something even worse he was doing that the worst thing you could do in college athletics with your hands yes i don't know what that could be i know what it is i think we might have we might have somebody who's an offender here in the studio he made the nc state wolf signal with his hands he did that the most offensive signal you can make (laughs) am i right no oh wow i thought that was it horns down baby he put the the horns down he did horns down and as a result he has been taken off of the national anthem singing list for the men's national for the men's uh college world series in omaha person making that decision must be a longhorn alum the reason they're doing it is because like you said they said he made an offensive gesture and he said the offensive gesture was horns down yeah that's it that is offensive so, Troy, how many people did you offend this over the weekend? Thousands. Uh, in fact, <laughs> the entire. Everybody on Old Row Sports. I w- yes, I, I, was, I was on the internet. Know, I was on Hook and Barstool, Old Row Sports. Like I, even like I was getting messages from like people I don't even know going, "Damn, dude, you're famous!" Like for who who would have thought after all these years in the media, the thing that put me over the top would be horns down. I was going to say, you've had a lot of weekends, and this might be your biggest yeah. one. There are people across uh, the country asking you, why does Texas hate you? Why does the state of yeah. Texas hate well, you? When I saw the, the the lineup, that it was like the Hollywood Squares deal, and you yeah. were at three out of the yeah. nine squares, I was yeah. like, man. And if you count, Jay, our people were four out of the nine. If Unfortunately, it was not tic-tac-toe. It was like top left, <laughs> middle, and middle right. Yeah. You just missed tic-tac-toe. Um, I was proud, though. I saw the picture of all the East you baseball alumni that were down, that had their own like little area and i saw a picture today that somebody put out the in every ecu alum had a horn they were pictured doing horns down i thought hey, it it's an cool. offensive gesture they can no longer sing the national anthem sorry yeah. guys <laughs> uh, i don't know if there was a ecu fan that did not do it at least once this weekend adam's got a good question is it okay that i don't like texas since they're on the same level as navy and army I don't know, Adam. If you hate Texas, you're saying you hate America. See, that's a reoccurring joke for that Monday. Yes. you got to be a uh, multi-day listener to get that. I did not get that one. Yeah. Basically, Texas, if you're born in Texas or a Texas resident, you're basically, it's like a military brand. A guy c- tried to claim an example like, hey, you respect the military when they have certain traditions. You, you respect. They respect the Longhorns the same way. Yeah, I was yeah, making was- fun of us supposed to be quiet during the, the eyes, eyes of, of Texas. Texas. And the guy, a Texas fan said... And he deleted it later. He said, so what if Navy or Air Force or Army are singing the national anthem? Yeah. But they don't. Hey, dumbass. No. <laughs> we sang the national anthem. He equated the eyes of Texas as the yeah. national anthem. Right. That's I, just I saw our... the post, yes. Did they secede from the Union? Like, are they gone? Do they think they it, left the is country? Is it like Canada? They're their own country at this point. Uh, the so, United yeah. State of Texas. God, Texas. I hate. Who do you hate more, Troy, Texas or North Carolina? I gotta be honest. I'm glad that we don't have to pay. We don't have to play Texas all that often. All that often? How about once every lifetime? You know what I'm saying? I'm just glad they're not on the schedule. Like I'm glad we don't have. I wish they were. I love interacting with those jackasses. Sure, (laughs) that would be awesome. 
I wish we could get a home and home with them in baseball now. I kind of want that would be fun. baseball. Yes, I'll take him in baseball. I know we won't yeah. get him. In, in I didn't football want the football one. No. I would love to play more. They played baseball. Central Florida in football, Their but football that was just sucks so, right now. We probably can get a dub. I know. Yeah, we I need him right now. If we could Kansas get it. Did it. If Kansas can beat them, damn it, we can too. If I could talk, reach out to Coach Pierce. I've developed a relationship with him. Hey, I'm the big guy. I uh, interviewed you. I don't know if you saw me in all those horns down I, pictures. I, I, did touch, I did touch him. I'm the tan Shook guy. his hand a couple times. The, I made tic-tac-toe on yeah. horns. Perhaps you know me from horns down hate. Hornsdown.com. <laughs> all right. I'm, I'm the face of horns down nation right now. We got to wrap up this hour. Uh, you're welcome to stick around. I just wanted to tell you about that. Yeah, no, I did see that. I'm glad you brought it to our team. I did not know if you had spoken about it yet. I didn't know if I was doing a Chandler. Just more Texas delusion going on across the country. Mass Texas delusion. And people accept it. In other states. I know. Nebraska is scared of Texas. That's why they left. They're scared Texas. That's that's why they left left the conference. Is Texas a superpower now? They're going to take over Nebraska and claim it as their own? I've said it before. I'll say it again. Texas will never make it in the SEC if they're this soft. If they can't handle it down, SEC is going to rip them a new one. What's going to happen when they walk into LSU for a football Oh, my God. LSU, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Any of them, except Vanderbilt. Tennessee. They that, call it the all those crowds are it. just tough. Yeah, that the whistler from Vanderbilt will probably whistle horns down or something. <laughs> he will figure out the yeah. uh, the Morse code for horns yeah. down. Yeah. <laughs> He's going to whistle during the eyes of Texas, yeah. and they are oh, going they're going to lose their mind. How dare you whistle? <laughs> He's going to be arraigned in Dallas come the next morning. That'd be Austin. But uh, I said I was thinking bigger. You know, yeah, they hate him in Dallas too. I think it's just Austin they like him. <laughs> So what's uh so the eyes of Texas is to the tune of what? Oh, that I don't know. Racism. <laughs> <laughs> so that's their fight song. This is that, this is I, Georgia. I was thinking because yeah. theirs is the old Sounds glory. glory. Yeah. The eyes of Texas is the tune of. Is it the same thing? I, I, I've been working on the railroad. Mm-hmm. It's the same damn is thing. It, well, let's Google eyes of Texas and play it real quick. No, I, no, I will not put we that cannot. in my phone. No. <laughs> then we have to be quiet. It's the same damn thing. They're all the same. I've the words. I've been working on the railroad. Yeah. I just kind of like Carolina's fight song is very similar to many others. Hey, let's let's be unique out there, people. All right, we got to take a break. We'll come back. NC State's fight songs a rip off of. Uh... Dun, 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 dun. It's a military. Song, yeah, military right? song. It's a rip off of one of the military dun, 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 dun. songs. Yeah. Yeah. Charlie, hit the music. Charlie, hit the music. I tried to. Hit it. We'll take a timeout, come back, have more for you. Pirate Radio Live on a Tuesday. Back with you after this. listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by First Bank. Together with our customers, we're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. Visit the First Bank location on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville for all your personal and business banking needs. Now, back to the show. 
Welcome back. From sales to service, Greenville Auto World has all of your vehicle needs covered. Shop all of their inventory now at GreenvilleAutoWorld.net if you're looking for someone to service your vehicle. They have a full service and repair facility. They do brakes, oil changes, tires, inspections, and they can repair any kind of vehicle. Greenville Auto World across from Speedway at Bells Fork and online at GreenvilleAutoWorld.net. Thanks to Tim Sutton and Jim Rogers for their sponsorship of the program. Now let's head back in to PRL. Here's Cliff. All right, I got a phone uh, a few months ago now, and I didn't transfer numbers over. And I hate having to do this. And you have to ask, who is this? I feel, it feels like a slight. It's not a slight. I just, I don't, I don't know your number. But the, uh, oh, okay. Well, I hope you feel better. You got to tell, and I can read this because these are medical terms. But, uh. One pirate fan said they were uh, they're listening. Some uh, someone somewhere said the Texas logo looked like a uterus with fallopian tubes. <laughs> so there you go. Just passing that along. I don't. I mean, I don't know. I didn't really pay much attention in sex ed, so I couldn't tell you. But uh, that is one opinion out there. All right, uh, coming up, we will talk some Major League Baseball later on. We'll talk more hate uh, on the show as well. We will talk some uh, Big Rock Blue Marlin fishing tournament with Bryce Williams coming up in Hour 3. We'll also make you a winner on today's show. Right now, we'll head out to the Pirate Radio Live line and talk to Billy Weaver, my cohort on the U.S. Sailor Fifth Quarter Collins Show. Weave, how you doing? Doing good, man. Uh, how about you, Clip? Doing all right. Uh, we got Pirate Baseball to talk about, which is not a, uh, a happy subject, although a, a fantastic year, disappointing into the season. So let's start it off with something lighthearted. Uh, Shirley, do you have that clip ready to go? I uh, saw this on Twitter. Uh, it was brought to my attention earlier today, Weave, and uh, and we like to have a little bit of laughs at the expense of the Cowboys, right? So, uh, <laughs> saw this and uh, thought it was great. It was a weather report, and they had Louisville flashing on the screen. So, I'm going to assume this is Kentucky, maybe. Uh, but anyway, here's the uh, the weather report we've. Well, now we look at our 10-day forecast. It's looking a little bit like those Dallas Cowboys is peaking in the 90s. Well, now we look at our <laughs> <So> 10. <laughs> <laughs> Very well done to that gentleman, peaking in the 90s. Wow. Wow. Congrats. Yeah, that very well done. Very well done. I, that's that's good. Clever. <laughs> <laughs> kind of brings up our topic of the day. Somebody tagged us on Twitter earlier about your your most hated college rivals, and I'm kind of taking it into college and pros. And obviously, I think we share the hatred of the Cowboys at number one, Weave, but uh, I'll ask you, who else, uh, when you think of sports hatred, when it comes to East Carolina, when it comes to professional sports, what teams do you love to hate the most? Uh, well, obviously, like you said, the Cowboys are number one by far. Uh, there's not even another one that touches that just because I'm a lifelong uh, Redskins football team commanders fan. So you take your pick of those. Um but Clemson is up there with me as well. And not so much the Clemson program or the players. I love Dabo Sweeney. I really do. I think he's a great coach. Love what he does there. Love what he stands for. Um, you know, he's a man of faith, which is, is awesome to me. Um, but everybody, I think everybody can relate to this. Uh, 
somebody that maybe has a sibling or a family member or a crazy uncle or somebody that's a fan of a team that is is not necessarily your favorite team and they're very um just obnoxious about it. Uh, I think I've shared this on the radio before on on the press box. Why I'm not a Clemson fan. Uh, you know, I have a brother-in-law that is a huge Clemson fan, and his world revolves around Clemson. And before Clemson was winning national championships in football, they you know they hadn't done a whole lot in football. Uh, they had a co-national championship, I think, back in 1980, if I remember correctly. But remember the phrase? I'm sure you do, Weave. But Clemsoning was the thing until Dabo got it rolling there. We used to talk about. Clemsoning every year, right? No, yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of people would say those old Clemson Tigers and throw a P in there. And, <laughs> you know, there was jokes made about that as well. Um, but, you know, when. Uh, when I was in the state of South Carolina, it's just a crazy deal down there with South Carolina and Clemson, but he was such an obnoxious Clemson fan that it just really turned me off against Clemson, and I found myself rooting against them all the time. So Clemson is one, and probably the other one, just because I've been um, close to the program as far as a visitor and that's West Virginia. West Virginia right. yeah. for for East Carolina, so many times going up to Morgan uh Morgantown, West Virginia and and being in that stadium, Mountaineer Field, is it's not a fun place to play. And to to be quite honest with you, the some of the fans and I, I I'm gonna preface this by saying some of the fans because I think that's a lot of, you know, you, you can't put that on all the fans, but there's a lot of West Virginia fans that are really nasty and not good fans. Um, you know, we had been spit on and batteries thrown at us and all kinds of stuff and every kind of, you know, ugly gesture you could think of. So I never found myself rooting for West Virginia either. So I think it's West Virginia and Clemson are the two at the top of the list there behind the Cowboys. All right, good call. Billy Weaver joining us on the Pirate Radio Live Line. In the arrogance department, we've, we might have a new number one. I thought uh, North Carolina, the folks in Chapel Hill had it covered, but I uh, ran across some Texas uh, folks this weekend that made me rethink that. Uh, Texas might be number one in the arrogance. Um, <laughs> look down on everyone leaderboard because they really do think, Weave, that uh, their stuff don't stink. And it was uh, pretty incredible to see firsthand and uh, and read about and interact with some of those folks on uh, Twitter over the weekend when the Longhorns came to town to play baseball. Well, you know, their look-down eyes are always upon you. <laughs> I, I know. They're watching us right now. Be careful. <laughs> the eyes of Texas are upon you, or whatever that song is. I, I thought it was funny. You know, and that's, that's the thing, is when you bring attention to something like that, you have to know that, you know, now you've just kind of ho- stir, stirred the hornet's nest. Um and yeah, some of the fans, and I didn't, you know, it was funny because um, it all kind of started with their head coach when he made those comments uh, to their local TV station about the jungle and saying, you know, they call themselves the jungle and they act like it. You know, and I kind of took that as, hey, you know, we're a bunch of animals here and don't know how to act. And he had said, you know, they were guys in the bullpen that got, had beer thrown on them and all that stuff. I, I started thinking about that a little bit. And um, now, had that happened on the home side, then maybe. But if you think about it, Clip, first of all, that the last time he was here, I don't think beer was being sold at Clark LeClaire, because that's a very recent thing. And not to say that fans don't bring beer in from the jungle, but it was harder to do, and it's all the way on the other side of the field. 
A lot of he said, she said stuff going on. Weave. I did see one of the Lawhorn twins say that he recalls a game where there was a beer like sitting on top of the fence and a player ran into the fence and it spilled on him and illegal beer that had got in at that time. So who knows if it's true or not, but yeah. Yeah, I, I just don't know how true that is. And but hey. Sounds like an urban legend and somebody said something that kind of builds from there, big fish story. Yeah, and, and it you know, and that the thing is is like I said, you know, even like I said about West Virginia, I said some of their fans, every fan base, and I don't care, and that's East Carolina included. Now, we've had some, you know, knuckleheads, but every school in the country has a few knuckleheads. They just do. Now, some, like West Virginia, have more than others. <laughs> um, so, I mean, that could have happened. I, it, it, it just wasn't indicative of our fan base, and I think it was kind of a pot shot, and he kind of walked it back a little bit with Troy. Um, yeah, but I, I thought they, you know, they, they came in here with a little bit more of a swagger than I thought they deserved. Billy, we were joining us and, uh, man, what a first couple of games it was. We've those Friday and Saturday games were awesome. Just great players back and forth, clutch performances on both sides. And then Sunday we had the weird one with the weather, but give all the credit to Texas. They came out hitting and, uh, their big guy, Ivan Melendez right out of the gate, Made it three nothing very early. Pirates uh, never able to catch up after a uh, one of the longest delays we've ever seen uh, here in Greenville. Yeah, I mean Texas has got some. They've got some ballers. They really do. I mean, you look at up and down their lineup, and of course Melendez. That guy is just incredible. And you know they, what they call him the Hispanic Titanic, uh, which I think great nickname. Yeah, and, but to tell you the truth, I would call him Ivan the Terrible. I, <laughs> I mean, I really do. Yeah, that is pretty cool. It is is terrible on opponents. He really is. I mean, and just could mash the ball. He kind of reminded me of Jose Canseco. Uh, he he's got that kind of build. He's got that look. He's got that, um, you know, just kind of uh, ice in his veins kind of deal. And just goes up there, and he knows that, you know, he's he's going to be swinging for the fence and. Uh, nothing seems to rattle his cage, uh, but you know Texas played very well. I, I, I hate it that East Carolina lost that second game on Saturday because that was the one I think got away from them. Um, you know, I mean they they had a good lead in that game, and, and Texas just you know they kind of inched back, and you know a home run here, another home run here, another solo home run, and then next thing you know, a three run shot that ties it up, and then Texas goes on to win it, and it you know, and, and then of course the weird deal with Sunday with the rain delay. I thought we were. You know, finally going to get through either a regional, actually a regional and a super regional without any weather. Oh, yeah, we almost got there. Yeah, yeah, and then, you know, you got a six-hour delay, and it just, you know, not not making any excuses. I mean, they both both teams had to deal with that and go through the weather delays and everything, but it just kind of made it for a long night. And But, you know, and I think everybody said this so well on, on social media and people that I've talked to, kudos to the ECU fans because it was after midnight and that place was still rocking and the Pirates were down a lot and there was still the purple gold chant going on and the fans were still involved in the ball game. So, I mean, it's as much as you would love to have seen East Carolina win and finally get to Omaha was a great showing. It was a great weekend and, you know, the fans played a huge, huge role in that. Billy Weaver joining us on the Pirate Radio Live Line. Weave, the Braves are creeping up on your Mets. They have won 12 in a row. (laughs) Uh, but some bad news. Ozzie Albies on the 60-day DL, he uh, fractured his foot 
and uh, it uh, kind of shades the last year, losing Acuna around the All-Star break. Atlanta losing another star last night in their win over the Washington Nationals. But uh, Braves, are, uh, it looks like we might have a little race here in the East after all. We'll see if the uh, the Braves can catch the Mets. Yeah, some at one point it was, what, 10 and a half games, 11 games or something like that that the Mets had at the lead, and I, I told you I still wasn't very comfortable about that. And usually about this time of the year, it's when the injury bug starts to creep up on the Mets. Well, now it's the Braves, but, you know, the, the and the Mets have not played bad. They've won... Uh, I think five of their last eight games, um, you know, and they're, they're not playing bad. They're not backing up to the, the Braves. The Braves are just red hot. Um, and, and they're playing very well right now. So it, I, I, I never thought it was not going to be a race. It didn't matter if it was a 20 game lead for the Mets in that, in that division. <laughs> I didn't think it was not going to be a, a race with the Braves, but I am a little surprised at how well the Braves are playing. They are playing extremely well but with Albies out of that lineup that's going to be big and having that broken foot doesn't look like he's going to be back for a while yeah Braves have uh, taken advantage of a favorable schedule and uh and done a good job over the last couple of weeks Billy we were joining us we will wrap it up with some race and talk Daniel Suarez the winner uh at a road course over the weekend and uh I, I like to see those road courses because you get some uh, unfamiliar names kind of at the top of the uh the the leaderboard there at the end of the race and we saw that this past weekend yeah, and he's the first Mexican-born player to win a player. Oh wow! Yeah, driver. Yeah, racer, driver. Uh, I just get so used to calling everybody a player. Uh, well, he might be a player. Who knows? He's Mexican. He crushes a lot. Just kidding. Uh, he, he might crush a lot. Yeah, but he's the first Mexican-born uh, race car driver to win a Cup Series race, and it took him 195 races to win one, but he finally did. And I like seeing that. Uh, I think it's good for the sport to have different guys up there. And, you know, we talked about the young guns. He's uh, he's one of those guys that's been around for a little while, but it hasn't been uh, extremely successful. And that's what those road course races do. They, they bring out some of the guys that, you know, uh, that you don't see on a weekly basis in, in the winter circle that can come up there and actually, you know, they've got different backgrounds than, than oval racing. So they've got that experience on, on road courses. And it was nice to see Suarez this weekend. You know, we got father's day off, which yeah. is you used to be, it was mother's day weekend that you have off. Now you have mother's day weekend that you're racing and you're all father's day weekend, which I don't know if I'm a father, I'd rather kind of go to a race, but they'll come back and go to Nashville, which is a, a new deal too. So it's, going to be interesting to see how this this all shakes out and technically i guess this is the halfway point of the season because this is now where um the tv rights go from f1 and fox now to nbc and usa network so uh from here on out nbc and usa network will have the rest of the uh the series and of course going into the playoffs and crowning the champion at the end of the year so this is kind of where we make that transition on father's day weekend all right we've we're up against it we'll uh talk to you next week appreciate you joining us today on pirate radio live man all right, man. We'll see you. Thank you, Billy. Billy, we were joining us here on a Tuesday edition of PRL. We will take a timeout, come back, talk some Major League Baseball. I need a refresher course because I've been locked into this pirate run uh, over the last three weeks. And outside of Atlanta, absolutely streaking right now. I don't know really what else is going on. So we'll talk some Major League Baseball with Mark Brown, CamdenChat.com. We got O's and Blue Jays coming up tonight right here on Pirate Radio. More to go. Pirate Radio Live. Back with you after this.
You're listening to Hour 2 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by First Bank. Together with our customers, we're creating a world where individuals and communities thrive. Visit the First Bank location on Arlington Boulevard in Greenville for all your personal and business banking needs. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you need custom t-shirts, apparel, or promotional items for your business, organization, or event? Well, keep it local and print it local with University Sportswear. Contact them today at universitysportswearenc.com, the official sportswear provider of Pirate Radio. Now, let's head back in to PRL. Here is your host, Clip Brock. All right. Uh, Ross Dellinger has an article in, over at si.com. In what's believed to be the first serious inquiry of the NIL era, NCAA enforcement visited Miami and interviewed several people, including billionaire booster John Ruiz. Ruiz said, quote, I have nothing to hide. So here we go. I'm sure everything's cool down there at the U, as always. All right, uh, let's uh, talk a little MLB as Mark Brown, CamdenChat.com. Joins us on the Pirate Radio Live line. We got some Major League Baseball coming your way tonight on Pirate Radio O's and Blue Jays. Mark, welcome back. How you doing, man? Clip, I'm doing pretty good. How about you? Doing all right. And uh, Mark, having you on the show, obviously, to talk about the O's, as we'll have some O's baseball coming your way tonight right here on Pirate Radio as they take on the Blue Jays. But also, Mark, we have been inundated with East Carolina baseball these last two weeks around here, hosting regionals, super regionals. So other than the Braves have won 12 in a row, I do not know what is going on in Major League Baseball. So hopefully you can give me a crash course on what's happened the last couple of weeks. So so we'll uh, – hey, we'll, we'll, I'll start with the, the firings. We had a couple of Joes fired since we last chatted, Mark, uh, with the Phillies, with Girardi – and Joe Madden with the Angels. What did you think of those early exits for those managers here in 2022? Yeah, it was interesting to see those were the guys that got canned first. I mean, that was both of them, I think, were in the middle of just long losing streaks. Um, I, you know, I read that uh, Joe, Joe Madden had uh, gotten his hair shaved into a mohawk to try and motivate <laughs> his guys, but um, that was the morning that uh, he came in and then got fired, so he didn't actually get to... Um, show off the Mohawk, which I think is really a loss for uh, everybody in the world to not have gotten to see that. Um, you know, uh, if you're a manager of a team that's expected to go somewhere and, and you're not getting it done, you know, you're, you're, you're going to be the first one that's on the hot seat. And, uh, you know, that's where Girardi was. Um, the Phillies obviously gave just hundreds of millions of dollars to Bryce Harper a few years ago. They haven't really achieved, um, what uh, they had been hoped for, the Angels, they have Mike Trout, they have Shohei Otani, two of the most amazing players in baseball right now. And they're sitting at, right now, their record is 29 and 33. It's just, it's it's crazy how much those talents are getting wasted. Uh, of course, how much is that the manager's fault, or how much is it the general <laughs> manager for building the roster, right? Um, you know, if I was an Angels fan or a Phillies fan, I might have more of an opinion about that. To be honest, I, I, I'm really um, not certain, but... Um, you know, the, the manager is the public face in the middle of the season. And, uh, you know, when, when stuff um, is not meeting expectations, that's, you know, you, you kind of got to live with that's the guy that's going to get uh, get fired first. Mark Brown came to Chad.com. Speaking of managers, if you're firing managers due to wins and losses, then you could say, all right, the uh, Orioles should fire Brandon Hyde. But that's not why you, you fire a manager. It's about expectations. And the O's uh, have very, very low expectations. And, they have had that mark since Brandon Hyde has been there, and and he knew what he was getting into 
and uh hopefully the people that hired him knew <laughs> what he was getting into as well so i, I don't know I, I mean is this job safe just because there's no expectations there or i don't know how much talk is there about the manager there with baltimore uh day in day out you know there's people that'll grumble about Brandon Hyde and quibble with kind of some of this or that moves. But I mean, I've never really found him to be part of the problem. Um, I, I just feel like, again, I mean, it's the, it's a, a matter of the talent that has been assembled. And, you know, the reality is since Mike Elias has been hired as the Orioles GM, the work that's been getting done on the Orioles franchise has largely been going on kind of beneath the major league surface. So um, they haven't been judging, uh, hide on the major league team's win-loss record because Elias knows as well as anybody, you know, he, he hasn't been giving, um, uh, you know, uh, a playoff caliber roster to, to hide. So right. I look more at things like, I think Hyde manages to keep the dugout kind of, um, loose and they're all still having a good time even though and and but not in like a oh they don't care but just they're not uh it's not a dour march into oblivion for the Orioles even though they've lost um over 108 games in the two 162 game seasons where Hyde has been the manager they just when things are going well they got they got um all this jokey stuff they do uh this year the you know the thing is um I guess there's a bunch of Call of Duty players in the clubhouse. So, like, every time somebody gets a hit, they, like, look in the dugout and do this, like, uh, gesture, like they're pulling up binoculars, like you're calling in an airstrike in Call of Duty, and they all just seem to have fun with that. And if you don't look at the record and you watch only when they're winning, uh, which the Orioles are 26 and 36, which they could have been a lot worse than that, yeah. you would think, okay, this team is having fun. They're, you know, they're doing the things that teams do when they're uh when they're good and they're having fun like every other team has uh has their little home run celebration right now the Orioles are playing the blue jays they have this big blue jacket that's just ridiculous they put on players after they hit a home run uh the red Sox have like they stick a guy in the laundry cart and shove him through the dugout so the orioles have this thing where they they have this this chain this the home run chain that gets like you know um ceremoniously bestowed on a guy who hits a home run. And you watch stuff like that, and it's like, oh, yeah, you know, this is stuff that a team that's good and is having fun would be doing. Um, the only thing is the Orioles aren't good, but they're they're ready to be good <laughs> with kind of some of their um, lighthearted moments. And, you know, I, I honestly give Hyde some credit for allowing that to exist even while the team is not, uh, you know, even while the team is 10 games below 500 here in mid-June. Mark Brown, CamdenChat.com, joining us. I don't know if the Yankees are having fun, but they certainly are winning, Mark. How about 44 and 16? And I don't know, even people that had high expectations for the Yankees, I don't think had them this high, did they? No, it's crazy. I mean, and the Yankees, of course, as you know, I, I have a lifelong grudge against them uh, owing to the Jeffrey Mayer game in the 19... Um, of course. You know, uh, in, the, in the ALCS there. And... Um, you know, it just seems like the Yankees have some kind of dark magic bargain. And the, the example I'm fixated on lately is they pulled uh, ancient Matt Carpenter off the scrap heap. Uh, no one had signed him. They've got him on the team. He has six home runs in his first 24 at-bats. Yeah. Uh, it's just ridiculous how the Yankees can find the guy and, and do that. And, you know, he, uh, he hit seven home runs in the last two seasons combined there. Uh, in St. Louis, and now he's already got six in ten games for the Yankees, and that's just the way 
their season is going. You know, of course, they have plenty of guys you expect to be good. Aaron Judge uh, is getting, you know, in the conversation of, oh, well, what, what, you know, he's on pace for this many home runs. Is he going to challenge, you know, the uh, the old Roger, Roger Maris um, line? Is he going to uh, start to approach like Barry Bonds territory? Uh, John Carlos Stan, of course, is is very good. Their pitching staff, they got Garrett Cole, of course. You know, you would expect him to be good. But then they got another out-of-nowhere guy, Nestor Cortez, with a 1.96 ERA through his first 11 games. Uh, Orioles fans with a very good memory will remember Cortez, who was a Rule 5 pick taken by the Orioles hmm. in, um, I think, the 2018 season. He was not very good with the Orioles, uh, was returned, and he was not good in 2019 or 2020, um, where he was with the Yankees and then the Mariners. The Yankees brought him back for 2021, and uh, suddenly since then, he's now pitched in 33 games, and he's got a 2.52 ERA going back to last year. So, uh, again, I don't, I don't know what kind of dark magic bargaining allows them to just have him flip the switch and turn into that guy. But, uh, you know, stuff like that has really fueled their being 44-16, and 16, which is really a ridiculous record for a baseball team to have. Mark Brown came to chat.com joining us. Mark, earlier today there was a thread, and it was college football related. Rank your rivals on who you hate the most. And somebody tagged us on this uh, to talk about on the show, so it'll be an ongoing discussion today on uh, pirate radio live but do you have enough hate uh, to go around for the red sox or anybody else or does all your hate go to the yankees is anybody else uh as an o's fan on your hate list mark you know clip it's it's kind of a constant debate among orioles fans is who do you hate more the yankees or the red sox um i i kind of arrive at whichever one is most ascendant at a given moment uh, <laughs> it's the one that i hate more so of course right now that's the yankees um Red Sox were scuffling early, although they've made it above 500 and are now also in a wild card spot. Um, kind of, kind of lesser, a, a lesser factor is which one am I looking at right now? So when the Orioles are playing the Yankees or when they're playing the Red Sox, especially at home because Camden Yards gets invaded by those other teams' fans. Um, you know, that's really the one A and one B. Um, I, I have assorted uh, petty grudges against a variety of other teams. Uh, that I think about different amounts at different times. Um, of course, as a, an Orioles fan, I'm annoyed at the Royals over like 2014 ALCS. Yeah. Um, you know, um, stuff like that. Just just little things that are maybe a bit more idiosyncratic. Um, I don't like the White Sox because the first time I ever went to a game when I was five, um, I was sitting with a family friend, and we were near the White Sox dugout, and I was just chattering the entire time because I was a five-year-old at my first MLB game. I was very excited. Yeah. Uh, so a White Sox player came over to the railing, and he says, Hey, kid, why don't you shut the hell up and buy me a beer? Um, so, so, Do you remember who it was? That's awesome. It, it was. It was. Yeah, it, the player was Ron Kittle, who uh, I've, I've looked up on Baseball Reference. He, he went like four for five with two home runs and five RBI or something like that. Oh, wow. So he had a good reason to be cocky. So that's my real idiosyncratic. Um, I, I don't I don't like the White Sox entirely because of him, uh, what he did to me in 1989, excuse me. So, you know, but mostly it's the Yankees, Red Sox. That's the top. I mean, you know, Blue Jays and Rays are in the division. We see them a lot. Um, of course, with sports fans, I think you kind of get the um, – that's a case of uh, familiarity breeds contempt. Sure. Uh, you know, that's the AL East. Um, so, you know, th- those are my big ones personally. Mark Brown came to chat.com joining us. You mentioned that ALCS, the O's were in to get there. 
uh delman young helped out with the bases clearing double and uh he was i guess he celebrated a birthday or something recently because i i had him as a trivia question at my weekly uh trivia at a local uh sports bar restaurant here aj mcmurphy's but uh where where does that one rank that hit rank mark on your uh your favorite o's hits uh throughout the years i mean boiling it down to one single hit that's probably the greatest uh orioles moment of my lifetime you know um it, it it just was so amazing of a moment and it came in the playoffs you know it was clear of the bases uh you know give the orioles a lead when they were behind before he hit it uh you had the just the dramatic of the play at the plate at the very end of it yeah it's just uh you know hardy with the slide uh made it in and uh it, it you know it you, you can't really top that it's 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 probably um take out like the entirety of the Cal Ripken um twenty one thirty one game at Camden Yards. That's that's of course the number one and right behind that you've got the Delman double. Um is really, you know, the the number two probably um single Orioles moment of the last thirty years and in, in the time Camden Yards has, has been in existence. I still like watching that one because I am a sucker for just a crazy crowd reaction and that was an awesome one there at Camden Yards that day. Uh Mark, uh just this just came to mind. Why were there headlines yesterday about the Orioles will never leave Baltimore? Why was there a need to come out with that statement? What's what's going on with that? Gosh, yeah. So so we got this drama here where um so Orioles, the Orioles are um, owned by Pierre Angelos, who is very old. He's like 93, 95, something like that. Um, and, uh, and his two sons are kind of currently feuding over who should control the team or what should happen with the team. Oh, boy. Uh, his older son, John, who's currently the managing partner in the eyes of Major League Baseball, uh, took over in that role a few years ago. Uh, his younger brother Lewis is now suing him and the um, uh, and Mrs. Angelos over uh, whether they are uh, being good stewards of the team or whatever. Uh, Lewis Angelos, the younger son, has claimed that it was his father's wish that the team uh, should be sold uh, after he passes away, so that the family can have kind of the um, you know the cash wealth instead of just their wealth is tied up in they own the Baltimore Orioles. Uh, I, you know, I don't have any inner workings on what, what was said in internal Angelo's discussions, right? Um, so, um, one of the, one of the allegations in the lawsuit filed by Lewis is that, um, John Angelos, the older son who's now in control of the team, uh, it, it wasn't even really an allegation. He just made a spe- speculative comment like, and John Angelos is now able to do whatever he wants, including possibly move the team to Nashville where he owns a home and where his wife uh, has a job. So um, Mrs. John Angelos apparently is like some kind of um, country songwriter, like works for a company that, that does that sort of thing. So, yeah. of course, you know, that's based in Nashville. Um, like, it wasn't even an allegation, like I said. It was just a very speculative comment. But gotcha. to set off, you know, there's, there's, a, uh, there's a whole... Of course, part of the Baltimore fan sports psyche, which wouldn't be as visible to you, you all in uh, Pirate Radio Land, but you had the Baltimore Colts left in 1984. Oh yeah, and that that psychic wound is like still on Baltimore <laughs> fan base, especially folks older than me. But even even a lot of people my age, like we grew up, and that was the story we heard about. You know, uh, the Mayflower vans pulling out of the uh, Colts training facility in the middle of the snowstorm, like you know. Uh, it, it, it was what everybody was talking about uh, for a long time and still is. Um, 
that faded a lot less once you had the Ravens come in in 1996 and there was an NFL team back in Baltimore. But, I mean, for me, those were the formative years. The first 12 years of my life, that was like, oh, man, the Colts left, and, you know, they hated the Ursay family. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, some people are still afraid, like, that's going to happen with the Orioles. Um, I, I'm not personally as worried about it, but, um, you know, when you have a, a one Angela's brother is suing the other, um, and specifically brings up, oh, what if the Orioles move? You know, that, that was why that statement had to be put out. Uh, like, you know, uh, it, 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 it just, uh, it really ruffled feathers in the exact way that a certain segment of people are just kind of permanently primed to be insecure about it. Sure. Yeah, I get that. Mark Brown came to chat.com joining us today here on Pirate Radio Live. Uh, we did get a taste of Baltimore-ish baseball here in Greenville a couple weeks ago, Mark, as Coppin State was the four seed in the Greenville Regional, and uh, they didn't stay long, but they had a good time. Uh, they were hanging out with Pirate fans after uh, the games and made some friends here in Greenville, so uh, it was pretty neat to see the uh, the Coppin State guys having a good time down here. You know, I saw they were in your uh, Regional. I, I, I honestly don't think I really even knew that Coppin State had a baseball team. <laughs> um, I hear about that more in uh, NCAA tournament, uh, yeah. men's basketball tournament time there. I mean, they're not like the team that wins their small conference every year, but they they've been the winner uh, several times in my adult lifetime. I'm pretty sure, and you know, then they're the 15, 16 seed that gets blown out in the first round. But um, you know, that's a good season for them, and uh, I, I am you know congratulate their baseball team for um, making it to an NCAA uh, baseball regional. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm glad they had a good time and a good experience. And they're trying to find a league, apparently, Mark, because there were only four teams playing in the MEAC this year, and they got an automatic bid because they were the champion, and uh, they're not going to be allowed to do that next year. So hopefully they can find a spot and uh, and play for uh, the right to play in another regional coming up next year. Uh, O's and Blue Jays tonight, Mark, and uh, Blue Jays 36-24, and 24, uh, playing well, and uh, obviously the big favorite tonight, against Baltimore uh, anything in particular particular you're looking forward to tonight in this matchup am, am I looking forward well you know the Orioles lost 10 to 1 last night so that puts a little damper on my excitement right but um, <laughs> I, I, you know what I'm looking forward to so uh, for anyone who was listening uh, yesterday knows the Orioles have uh, added uh, outfield prospect Kyle Stowers as a uh, substitute just for this series because of uh, Canada's COVID rules. A couple of Orioles players oh, yeah. eligible to make the trip. Uh, so he made his debut yesterday. He got a double late in the game, uh, drove in uh, Adley Rutschman to score the only Orioles run. Uh, Stowers leads the Orioles system in home runs with 12. So uh, I'll be looking to see if maybe he can uh, get on the uh, the board on the big league level. Um Still waiting for Adley Rutschman, the hotshot catching prospect, to get his first major league RBI. He's uh, he's done very well defensively to start. He has not really yet heated up uh, at the plate, which has been really a constant for all the young players that we've seen called up across the league this year. Um, it, it's been a big adjustment for all of them. Uh, Rutschman hasn't quite made it at the plate yet, so I, I'm really hoping he can uh, tonight find some way to get an RBI because it's just... Uh, I feel bad that he's he's now got 78 plate appearances under his belt, and he still hasn't driven in a run, which of course means he hasn't hit a home run yet either. Um, those are the two things I'll probably be most looking forward to, and I'm just going to kind of cross my fingers that the Orioles can have uh, better starting pitching than they had yesterday. 
Mark Brown came to chat.com. Good stuff, Mark. Uh, appreciate the chat today. We'll catch up with you uh, in July and talk more baseball with you here on Pirate Radio as we continue to follow the O's season and what's going on in Major League Baseball. So uh, we will reconvene then. And uh, well, folks, of course, can check out camdenchat.com for all the latest. And Mark, uh, we'll talk to you again down the road, man. All right. That sounds good. I'll catch you then. Mark Brown came to chat.com. O's Blue Jays tonight, right here on Pirate Radio. We'll take a timeout, come back, wrap up hour number two, and uh, get you over to hour three. Bryce Williams is coming in, and he is also serving as show booker today because at 515, we'll talk to Dylan, who is a mate on the boat wall hanger out of the Big Rock Blue Marlin tournament. So uh, we will talk some fishing. Coming up in Hour 3 with Bryce. That and more on the way on Pirate Radio Live. We're back with you after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. At Angelo, they continue to make customer service a number one priority. A local mortgage advisor is the key to your transaction success. The combination of their local team's experience and Angel Oaks wide offerings of products from standard conventional, government, and portfolio loans has something for every financial situation. For more information, call Talbot Green, Braxton Green, Joanne Weir, or Wanda Hager at 751-2060. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Cliff Brock. All righty. Uh, sports trivia coming up Wednesday night, 8 o'clock, AJ McMurphy's. We're going to have fun out there. And uh, let's get warmed up, gang with a question this uh 2009 bolitnikoff award winner 2014 pro bowler and he's also won a super bowl uh in that time span since 2009 Uh, here's his numbers uh 695 career receptions over 8,000 yards 46 touchdowns he is now the starting center fielder for the Port Angeles lefties of the West Coast League, he is switching to baseball. Who is that wide receiver? Played his entire career in the NFC. Most known for his time, I would say, began his career in the NFC West. Shirley knows nothing. That's the name of the wide receiver. Went to Notre Dame. Still don't know. Floyd. Michael Floyd is incorrect. Uh, Golden Tate. Golden Tate is correct. Well Whoa. done, Chan Man. Wow, Golden Tate has hung up the baseball cl- uh, the football cleats. Uh, he played baseball early in his career at Notre Dame. He was drafted twice, de- declined to sign. And uh, maybe has a second career in baseball. Hmm. How old wow. is he? Cool, neat story. Cool, neat story. Golden Tate is what I like to call 33 years old. Interesting. So, Interesting indeed. Maybe you'll see him and Tim Tebow at a ballpark near you. What's Tebow doing now? He, SEC Network? 
Right. Yeah. I think, uh, yeah. He's he's out of the minor leagues. That's speaking. Oh. Make a wish. He's speaking. I tell you what he's doing. He's making somebody's life better. Because he is a good kid. He's a good guy. Speaking of Cy Seymour, where's Gary Overton? Is he back yet? Speaking of Cy Seymour, <laughs> where's Gary Overton? They're in the same arena, so to speak. Yeah. Although Cy prefers his arena to be Menji's Coliseum. Hey, now. Uh, but Coach O has been in Corvallis <clears throat> since like two weeks ago. I think he moved there. I think he's got a house. Should I, I, sh- him hostage. I need to shoot him a message and see if he's okay. Blink twice if you're in danger, Coach. <laughs> in so doing. Clip. Clip. I am now. Look at my eyes. I'm blinking twice. I am a beaver. I am a beaver. I'm leaving it to beaver. He saw Auburn beat Oregon State. Mm-hmm. Is that right? The Tigers. Uh, SEC Omaha. heavy in Omaha this year. What is it? Four of the eight teams? And you got Texas and Oklahoma? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, that's so right. So it's Ole Miss... Arkansas, mm-hmm. Auburn, and not Florida, not LSU, not Georgia, not Vandy. Who are we missing? Not Mississippi State. Not South Carolina. Not Mizzou. <laughs> not Mizzou. We got to figure this out before we take a break. And I'm not. And I'm not looking it up. I'm not looking it up. We're going to figure this out, folks, together as a team. SCC. Not Tennessee. <laughs> Is it not Florida? Is it Florida? I yeah, it's not Florida. I know the two. Is it four? Did I get the number wrong? No, I thought it was four. I thought it was two. Because the non-SEC. Ole Miss, Arkansas. Auburn. Auburn. Third. We got the hill. And... Texas A&M didn't get there. Somebody it? tell us, I guess. No, no, I think it is Texas A&M. I think that's oh, right. Texas A&M. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. We got it. all right. We got and there. then it's Oklahoma and Texas, and then it's Stanford and uh, Notre Dame. There you go. That is the Omaha Eight for 2022. And it only took us three minutes to get there. So close. Did y'all see what time we would have played if we were there? Mm-mm. Friday at seven o'clock. Oh. Oh man, that hurts. I know. That would have been fun. That would have been awesome. Would we have done a watch along? Probably. Would it? Have what been, could have been? Would it have been maybe the most fun we've ever had? Could have been. Probably. Win or lose, it probably would have been. Even though we did have some fun in the past couple of weeks with the watch alongs we had, we had three watch alongs for you guys in a week span. Uh, Friday against Coppin State. We did Monday for the regional regional championship against Coastal Carolina, and then we did one on Friday, uh, game one against Texas in the Super Regional. Went three and zero when it came to watchalongs. How about this? Notable snubs on NFL Top 100. Christian McCaffrey, not a Top 100 player in oh, the NFL, according to Pete Prisco. Those are his snubs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, are you not? You he's not a snub to you. You don't think he's a Top 100 player? Christian McCaffrey? Yeah. If he stays healthy. What did it say? Top 100 player like from last year? or like The NFL does their top 100. So whatever it is, Christian McCaffrey is not one of the best 100 players in the NFL. When he's healthy, yes. I'm assuming they're assuming people are going to be healthy to make this list. All right. If he's healthy, then yes, he's snubbed. 
Terry McLaurin not on the top 100. I'm more offended about my good friend Aaron Jones being left off that list. When does the NFL do, NFL Network do their top? I'm Have assuming done that's that? what this is. I don't know. <sighs> but hey, this the, making lists is stupid. We do it during the summer to give us something to do, so it's fine. It's just for us to talk about. How do you really rank? How do you how do you compare a left tackle to a defensive tackle? And say who's better than who. You know what I'm saying? Right. So you really can't do it. I mean, they're basically big boomer in it on NFL Network. And it's getting it's getting traction. We're talking yeah. about it. By the way, we need a couple of things, big boomer. We need to go over the top 100 long snapper list, which he put mm. out, to tell you how useless and dumb this is. He made a long snapper list smart dude also and you know what people are talking about that long snapper list people are making arguments slade roy was like top he was 24th top 24 last year started every single game as a freshman for east carolina found out after the season that he was entering the transfer portal everybody's scratching their head why is a long snapper entering the transfer portal well because he was going to uh lsu where they told him hey if you win the job here I got this information from a former long snapper that used to snap here at East Carolina over the weekend. That he was told if you go to if you come here and win the job, we will give you a full scholarship. To who? To Slade Roy, LSU. And he said, "No thanks." No, he said, "I'm going and I'm going to win that job." And he, I, I think, he already has won the job at LSU. Oh, at LSU. Okay, go Tiger. I was confused. He's part of the family. Family. Chad said they do the top 100 from the previous year. Well, who the hell cares about that? Last year's over. Yesterday's history. Tomorrow's a mystery. Also, Big Boomer's got his top defensive coordinators, and Blake Carroll's up there. Comes in at 47. And I think I'm going to have to start my smear campaign again. Oh, boy. (laughs) Saw him over the weekend. Pulling uh, for Texas, wearing a Texas jersey. Play, it had horns up. <laughs> he was horns upping it. That's not true. Just kidding, people. That's part of the Blake Harrell smear campaign so no other school will hire him away from East Carolina because we like him and want him to be here. But I did see him push two kids down the hill in the jungle. I did too. And I also saw him. I was going. Uh, One of them was a baby I, in a stroller. I was on Charles Boulevard today and I was going by the EC practice facility. Uh, and they're having kids camp. Watched him push three kids Two hands in, the, in the sand pit. Yeah. Was stomping on them. I was uh, shopping. I at, had to stop the car and say, Coach, stop. I was at the local Winn-Dixie getting my grocery on. He's got his cell phone, oh speaker phone God. on. Oh, my God. Listening to uh, little Gotti, young Gotti, little boo-boo. Yeah, yeah. Who's our guy that got arrested? Poosh Shiesty. He's got, oh, he is a Poosh Shiesty fan. He's got Poosh Shiesty blaring, and he's talking to his friend on the phone, on speakerphone. Mm, Where to go? Mm. While pushing two carts, taking up all the this guy. Yeah, and you want, and people are looking to hire this guy. You don't want this guy. People are looking to hire this guy. Wow, John Moody. Now, of course, John Moody works out there. That we're joking about all this, but John actually, you know, facilities, maintenance, no, he's around groundskeeper, all that stuff. 
He said uh, Coach Harold mooned him today as he walked by the practice field. Wow. Par for the course for Coach. <laughs> I mean, you do not want to touch this guy with a 10-foot pole. No. So keep him here at East Carolina. All right, let's take a break. We got to get to uh, – we got to talk some fish, man. Dang. Let's talk some fish. Dang. Big Rock Blue Marlin Tournament going on. We're going to talk to a mate on the boat that I like to call – wall hanger and we're gonna do that with bryce williams when we return on pirate radio live on a tuesday after this You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Quality Equipment is your full-service John Deere dealer with 28 locations to serve you. Quality Equipment is open in Winterville next to Sam's Club or visit qualityequip.com to find the location near you. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Brock. All right, back with you, Pirate Radio Live, hour number three of today's program. We got Bryce Williams joining us inside the Pirate Radio studios. He is a celebrity guest. He is also now working behind the scenes as a guest booker on the show. As uh, Bryce, good to see you. How you doing, man? Good. How are y'all doing? Doing great, man. And it is... Uh, Big Rock Blue Marlin fishing tournament time down at Moorhead City and uh, action going on day two, I believe, right now. Yep. And uh, day two. Uh, do we have on the line Shirley? Uh, oh, not yet. Okay. It's supposed to wait till close to 5 15. It's not quite okay. ready yet. Well, good. We can do our, uh, our pre discussion. Yeah. So, Bryce, we are going to talk to Dylan Rudy, who is a mate yeah, on the mate. boat uh, wall hanger. Mm-hmm. And yesterday, they brought in a biggin. A biggin. Yep. Um, pretty sure it was the wife of the owner of the boat, uh, Stacy Allen. Um, I won't go into detail how big the fish was. I'll let Dylan explain all that. Um, yeah, it's a big deal. Um, you know, especially to uh, catch a fish on the first day of that stature. Um, they were close to being fabulous fishermen. Um and he'll, you know, Dylan can explain all that too as well, just so I don't give too much away. But uh, yeah, those uh, the blue marlin are not an easy fish to catch, and uh, fortunately, um, they were to catch one. I was talking to Stacy, and she said she felt like she got in a car wreck just because of uh, the fight and all that stuff. And yet again, you know, Dylan can explain how long and um, how everything played out. But uh, yeah, so it's exciting stuff. I know um, a buddy of mine fishes on that boat. Uh, Grimes Medlin is his name, and he was able. So thanks to Grimes for um, getting that connection, obviously. Because awesome. I was going to talk to him, he said, "Well, how about talking to Dylan or Stacy and all that?" Um, and I said, "Well, yeah, sure." So uh, Grimes was a big help, and he made that happen. So thankful for his uh, cooperation. All right, good deal. And uh, this is cool, Bryce. They act, they have a live stream yeah. that you can watch on YouTube. I walked into AJ's yesterday. And they had it on the TV in there and said, that's pretty neat. So, 
uh you can watch them as they come in you can so uh, you can keep up with it on twitter probably a number of different ways but Mm -hmm, i know yeah yeah, that uh if something's coming in you can check it out Mm -hmm. on the live feed and uh see what's going on out there so is there right now they're in second the uh right now i guess as far as heaviest blue marlin um they're in second is there a prize for like the first one that comes in oh yeah yeah there's did uh, they get that no they were uh i guess i don't know if they were close on time it's the first fish to um like i said can explain he can explain sort of fabulous fishermen but yeah they're uh right now they're still in second which obviously if that happens they'll still be um standing pretty good and some winnings and how many days uh and we'll get into this too but you have to take some days off is that correct Mm -hmm. yeah they call that a lay day and i think it's i think it's only just one lay day so i think a I don't know how many boats obviously took it today, but I think weather, obviously weather is kind of a reasoning to take a lay day um, for most, you know, for most crews. So they were there yesterday, but you might have said this, is today a lay day for them? Uh, I think so. At least my buddy Grimes, who fished on there, said he's on land today. So All right. um, I land think lover. this might be their land. Uh, I'm going to ask too day. how he feels about, you know, Michael Jordan being in it. Is it... Does he feel like this is a gimmick and an outsider is approaching on his fishing turf? <laughs> or is it cool raising um, more eyeballs and things like that? Uh, I would definitely say for those guys, I mean, because Michael Jordan is a you know, pretty avid fisherman, mm-hmm. you know, because that is like his boat, uh, I think Catch 23. Um, and so I think it is a, a good thing for the tournament for sure. So it'd be different if it was another big time celebrity who was just there to kind of. Uh, make an appearance possibly yeah Yeah. if he's yeah michael jordan i think has some legitimacy to right you know his fishing and things like that so yeah if it was some random celebrity like uh pete davidson or what davis whatever (laughs) did Did you hear us talking about that no i just i just thought about the most unlikely person to probably be on a sport fish so his name popped up wait that no that's that's kind of weird so yesterday we were talking about how like random celebrities would join in like Kind of I don't know why. Michael Jordan. I don't like, even know who this guy is, but I said Machine Gun Kelly. Like I just named a name, <laughs> and then I said Pete Davidson, and then he said Pete Davidson. Oh, did you? No, I, that was no creepy. Idea. So yeah, that would be the weirdest guy we could imagine on a boat out there. Yeah, Pete Davidson. All right, uh, so we will talk about that, Bryce. Unfortunately, we'd probably be wall to wall baseball if things went different this weekend. Yeah. But Texas. Yeah knocking off ecu how much did you keep up with that i, I kept up pretty hey you well. kept up with a friday you were watching ke- us for a little I, yeah, bit yeah i was watching y'all friday on the way to the beach i paid attention to it saturday um for the most part and you know that was obviously a, a letdown you know a bummer i guess you could say to sort of have that lead they had and um and that late in the game as well so for to for to uh, let that one slip away was a, definitely a huge bummer and uh and then obviously saturday sunday was the whole debacle with the rain delays i saw what was it six hours some delays it was yeah. um yeah which is tough too and then obviously they ended up what was it, 11 to 1 so yeah i mean obviously no doubt the guys you know did the best they could and i you know and had a great season i know they were more hopeful to uh finish out the weekend on top but um Overall, no. I'm sure the you know the pirate, the baseball fanatics and jungle was still you know pleased with the way. Dude, it, it was. was it was awesome, man. Yeah. It was compared to football Saturdays. Wow. The purple gold chance felt like you were in Daddy Ficklin. Wow, it was it was pretty unique. Yeah. to be out there. Goodness, got yeah. me excited for football. Oh yeah, I mean I knew several people that were out there. My buddy, uh, well, my buddy, my I guess future brother-in-law Jordan. He uh, he can be your buddy. 
Yeah, buddy. Future, yeah, yeah. I guess so. I guess I wanted to be more proper, but yeah. <laughs> but my, you know, buddy, my future. Uh, did I say son-in-law? You said brother-in-law. Oh, brother-in-law. Yeah. You know, he played baseball. You know, at High Point, I think it was. Okay. He's a big baseball baseball fan. But I think had some buddies, so he was in the jungle keeping us uh, up to date and um, everything like that. So it was cool to still have some insider. Um, things like that. He was definitely, uh, I guess you could say, impressed with the atmosphere of the jungle. Awesome. Yeah, everybody was. And uh, it was a lot of fun. Unfortunately, it kind of wraps it up for East Carolina Athletics for 2021, uh, for 2022. Yeah. And uh, coming up next, football. In fact, uh, wrapped up pole vaulting last Thursday, Bryce. Wow. I watched Summer Night participate in the pole vaulting national championships oh wow and uh she finished ninth which uh i know she wanted better than that but to say you're the ninth best women's pole vaulter in the country is pretty cool in the cool. country yeah that's uh <laughs> that's pretty good out of how many there possibly are so what was your uh you taught you were what would you run hurdles i was, I was hurdles in high school um, you ever think about the pole vault no there i would just fool around at practice and well one i think i was too big for the stick or pole, whatever it was. Yeah. And uh, I was like, how in the world do they do that? I know. Uh, it blows my mind how they do that. It is insane. We had her on the show, and she said she used, I want to say, like a gymnastics background. You got to be, you know, flexible. You got to be, yeah. I mean, she's in tremendous shape. And because and, it's kind of crazy to like wake up and say, I want to be a pole vaulter. You oh, know? yeah. Like, yeah. And how do you practice at home? Just grab a, a, <laughs> I a log no in the yard and yeah. go to town? I, I guess. Know. All right, uh, Shirley, see if we can connect with uh, with Dylan Rudy, and we'll talk some bl- Big Rock Blue Marlin fishing tournament going on. I want to ask Bryce this. Have you seen Top Gun? Oh, yeah. I, are you go, are you are you going with the Maverick? Hey, you know, no, the rooster. Are the, yeah, are you, the going, ro- are you going? I, so I kind of just grow my mustache out, like, just because just kind of a to I, be a loser. Or not a loser, but just weird. <laughs> and uh, Anna normally tells me to cut, shave it. Because it looks ridiculous. She said, well, it looks like it's getting a little thicker. Oh, I like, okay. just keep on going. I'm like, I noticed. Oh, I, I'll ride this thing out. <laughs> so, um, But it does. Uh, and she has a crush on the guy on the, you know, the rooster, the main oh, thing. Okay. So I was like, well, heck, if anything, to make her like me more. So I guess I'll <laughs> well, ride I my noticed, thing. I noticed the little stash going there. Uh, yeah, well, hey, if you can notice it from this far away, I'm doing something right. There you go. All right, Shirley Rhodes giving us the thumbs up. Let's go out to the Pirate Radio Live line and welcome on to the show Dylan Rudy. He is a mate. Uh, fishing in the Big Rock Blue Marlin Tournament on the boat Wall Hanger, and they caught a big one on Monday. He joins us now. Uh, Dylan, appreciate your time. How you doing, man? Yes, sir. Doing good. How about y'all? Doing fantastic. And uh, Dylan, let's uh, let's talk about yesterday. Uh, Bryce, what's the first question we should ask? Uh, you want to know about the fight? You I wanna... guess, yeah. <laughs> what was, how, what was, how long did y'all fight the uh, Marlin for? Uh, let's see. We ended up, I think, right around seven hours. Goodness gracious! And Stacy was in the uh, chair the whole time. Yep. Goodness she gracious! All by herself. Wow. So, what is going on uh, during that fight, Dylan? Seven hours—that is a full day. That's a work day. So, what are you doing that entire time as you're uh, reeling this thing in? It is, um, man. A lot of it. I mean, we started out the fish eight and and did its initial run and kind of went up on top, and then we. We, uh, it went down initially and right after that first initial run. And then we tried to get up to it, got a probably half the spool back. I mean, it took uh, 500 yards of line or so. And we ended up getting a bunch of it back. And then the fish went down deep and just stayed there. And once it did that, we had still about a spool out 
And when that happened, that fish went down and just was stubborn. It stayed there, and we we just had to inch by inch, crank by crank, getting that thing out, trying to budget up. And um, I mean, the whole time, just we tried pivoting the boat, we tried moving around on the fish different ways. You know, a couple of hours in, once we knew that we had some weight on the fish, and we weren't sure if it had gone down and got tail wrapped and, and died, or it was still fighting. We we thought we felt the fish the whole time, so we it felt like it was it was still alive and still kicking. And, we just, you know, it's, <laughs> the tensions get high for sure. You know, with Stacy being in the chair, she did a great job. But, um, you know, it's obviously trying to figure out ways to move the fish around, get it up inch by inch, and, and do whatever we can to get get that thing moving. But it's just it got to a point where we even had to put the, the reel in low gear and just so she could get some cranks on it. And with half a spool out, we really just got up one crank at a time, you know, inches. And it was just a game of inches for the last – I mean, five or six hours of the whole fight. Mm, goodness gracious. And then when you talk about, so for some of the people that may not know how many yards, those, uh, I guess y'all fishing 80 wides? Those ones are 130s. Goodness oh, gracious. Uh, how many yards of line uh, do those hold? On that one, there's probably maybe six or 700 yards, give or take. Wow. So uh, he was definitely close to the end of that spool for sure. Goodness gracious, I can't imagine so knowing how how far how far that fish has has gone, and then to have to reel that in inch by inch. And then I know pressure on the hook is um, an important thing, but is it not too much pressure? Is that right? I mean, we were fishing thirty pounds of drag. I mean, that's, there was plenty of pressure on it, but when you got that much line out too, there's near about double the drag at the fish. So the more line that's out, the more pressure there is. Um, and I mean, it definitely puts your, puts your tackle to the test for sure. Gracious. Did you tie those knots? I'm sorry. Oh, I said, uh, were those, uh, the, did you tie those knots on that, uh, set up? I did. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> that, I'm sure that always makes you proud when you know you're, uh, when you're, per, you know, when your knots and, uh, your setup hold up to a fish like that. No, it's a good feeling. You know, that's it's definitely nerve-wracking right there in the moment, hoping, you know, obviously, fingers crossed, everything holds up, and especially when you get into it a couple hours in, and you don't really know how long it could go, but, you know, it definitely, definitely puts it to the test. Mm. Dylan Rudy joining us. So, and Bryce, we talked last week about how it's a bit of a crapshoot. You kind of know what you got, but mm-hmm. but it is an uneasy feeling going up there, not knowing the weight and everything. For sure. so, so how about that, Dylan, when you've got this thing on the hook? I think you said it came to the top. So did you get a look at it? Did you know you were you were doing something that was going to put you on the standings, put you on the board there? I mean, we saw – initially we saw the fish on the bite. So, you know, we saw it on the left short and came in on that, tried to eat it. Popped it out of the clip and missed it, and then I threw a pitch back to it, a pitch bait mackerel, and when I did that, it, before I could even get that back to it, it faded around on the left long, and we could just see it paddling back behind that. and was there for just a few seconds, and it ate that, and that's what we hooked it on. Um, so we didn't really have a, a clear shot of the size. I mean, it looked like a good fish from what we could see, but, it, you know, it was, by the time it bit and then did its run and I was clearing everything. A couple of them saw it jump once or twice and then it just stayed down from there. Um, so we, we didn't get a, a, a real good look at it in the size, but like I said, once we got into the fight and we were a couple hours in, you could feel kind of that pressure and the weight on it. 
I mean, we knew that it at least had some size to it, whether it was tail wrapped and dead or whatever the, the situation was. We caught one ladies' day on Saturday that was probably 300, 350. And, uh, I mean, we caught that one in an hour and 10 minutes. Stacy caught that one too. And, you know, that's, we, we were kind of comparing it to that. And mm. An hour and 10 minutes bringing that thing up. We were like, okay, we're, we're, even if we're in the same situation, if it's tail wrapped or whatever, there's still there's still some some weight to this fish. Got some size, no doubt. Goodness gracious! I was gonna say like when that um, obviously from a distance you can tell obviously it's a you know obviously a uh, big fish, but when it gets to the boat, who because y'all have to be at least four hundred pounds correct to take it to the scales. Yeah, it's four hundred pounds or one hundred ten inches. One hundred ten inches. So when that boat when that fish gets to the boat. Um, Who's making that call as far, you know, obviously you and the captain making that call, look, this fish is that size, or do y'all pull a tape, try and pull a tape in those conditions to see, you know, if it's big enough? Yeah, we have measuring sticks that we use. Um, we set ours 108 inches, I believe, and so we have it set up on a rod with a, a squid on the end, and you hold that over there, and you, you know, you lean over and have to control that fish and try <laughs> to get an accurate measurement of where you think it's going to be, and this one, I mean, it was in the water. It was close, but you know the fish is, is bent, and then you know the boat's moving and rocking and everything else. So you do your best with that judgment. And I mean, yeah, between me and Brian and making the call of what you think the best thing to do is, and we obviously decided to take it, and it ended up being a 112 inches, I believe, 112 and a half. Goodness gracious! So once we got in the boat and got that measurement, we <laughs> it was a sigh of relief being over that 110 inches oh i, I guarantee it. i'm assuming uh and i'll see how, how was y'all's conditions on uh on monday because obviously measuring a fish i'm assuming after seven hours that fish well uh, i wouldn't say was uh quite it wasn't green you know with a lot of energy so i'm, I'm hoping it made it a little easier but with that boat rocking how was y'all's uh, conditions on monday um it wasn't too bad i mean the, the fishing when we fit i mean we fished an hour in the conditions you know it was blowing i don't know what it was 15 knots or so um it wasn't too bad fishing and then once we got the bite um we really tried to we were trying to stay down sea of it and then we would try like i told you tried to switch around and move move around on it a couple times and but it wasn't bad i mean it really wasn't too bad out there i guess it's what uh well that's good i guess it's definitely not your first rodeo uh blue marlin fishing no i've been doing it since 2017 Oh wow! So you got some experience. Have you been on Gamekeeper the whole time? The wall hanger. Oh, I'm sorry, Game. I'm watching it live. We're watching it live. I'm sorry. And a friend of mine, Gamekeeper, just pulled up to the uh, to the scales, and um, so I apologize. But uh, yeah, wall hanger. Have you been on there since 2017? No. So I actually just started with him two months ago. Oh wow! Yesterday was my second day even fishing with him. Oh wow! So dang well, you put on a. I guess you. Uh, so you're a mate for hire, like a free agent, and now that you caught another one, you're going to yeah. get a big price uh, next year, right? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm actually I'm full time with them. Awesome. That's, that's my full time job. Yep. So we're watching live, and Bryce, we saw a uh, dolphin come in. We got a wahoo here. Mm-hmm. So, Dylan, are so are these boats specifically going for that type of fish? Like, are you out there only for the blue marlin, or uh, could you catch something else? How, how does that work? I mean, yeah, it's obviously primarily a blue marlin tournament, but they have other categories within the tournament um, with game fish divisions. So tuna, dolphin, wahoo, um, they have daily prizes and the weekly prizes. Oh, nice. There, you know, you'll, you'll catch those out there catching blue marlin as well. 
Oh wow! So y'all, um, I guess since y'all are, you know sitting obviously pretty, you know sitting pretty in second place, um, is y'all did y'all get into the game fish category or are y'all solely into the blue mall and hoping to you know get something bigger? Yeah, we're in it all. We're entered in it all. Um, but actually, that well, yesterday I obviously we fished for an hour. That was our only bite. So wow. Okay. Yeah. Now are y'all gonna? sort of try and get into the maybe try and catch some big game fish or still just do the go for blue marlin probably both i mean we'll see hopefully maybe if we get lucky we can even top that you know that's what we'll go after um but hopefully try and catch game fish at the same time while we're doing it you may have mentioned this dylan i apologize if you did how long is the ride out and in or was it yesterday after you caught the fish how long did it take you to to get back to the dock i I think i heard him say when we picked up to come back in we were 60 miles or so i think from the inlet um you know it took us probably two hours give or take oh wow so it's a full day fish carried us i think what did he say eight or nine miles i believe yeah. we hooked up and then you know moving up north with the current pushed us a little bit further away when we were fighting the fish um but there wasn't too much current out there i missed maybe less than a knot where we were at oh goodness gracious and y'all are um the wall hangers new boat that's the uh the jet drive isn't it yep that's right good deal how now what are y'all running speed wise on that um on pretty days we can run 40 knot crews oh wow um yesterday we were probably doing 35 knots yeah give or take on the way in yeah, oh, yeah, I guess you had a few extra poundage on there. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. Dylan, I I didn't know until, you know, I think last year we were talking about it, that the Big Rock is just one of uh, tournaments that go on during the summer. So how many of these do you uh, fish in per year? So I think we've got maybe 10 or 12 on the schedule. We've yeah. got most of the ones here in Moorhead that are in town. Um, and then we'll travel up to Pirate's Cove. Um, we'll fish the White Marlin Open, which is out of Ocean City, the first week of August, and then we'll do Pirates Cove and then Virginia Beach Billfish Tournament after that. So those are three weeks in a row in August. A couple more and we'll let you run. We were talking to Bryce about this earlier. So uh, Michael Jordan gets some headlines no matter where he is. That includes Moorhead City at the Big Rock. And I, I, I wanted to ask you, so this is you. You do this. Do you feel like my MJ's an outsider coming into your world, or do you like it? Do you like the extra attention it brings? And Bryce, when I asked him, said Michael Jordan is a, an avid fisherman, so he's not just some Joe off the street. But what do you think about MJ and his notoriety being there? No, I think it's great. I mean, I think it's cool. Obviously, being a, a UNC guy, you know, it's he's he's got some, you know, somewhat of his stopping grounds. I think it's super cool you know, to have him here. And I think when he fished it for the first time, it's either last year or the year before that, I remember them saying and him saying, his crowd and his boat saying, oh, we'll be back for sure. So it sounds like they enjoyed it. Um, I think it's pretty cool to have him in town. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Dylan, uh, congratulations, man. Appreciate you joining us today. Good luck the rest of the way for you guys. And I uh, really enjoyed talking with you, man. We appreciate it. Yeah, buddy, most definitely. Yes, sir. Thank y'all. I appreciate it, man. All right, Dylan Rudy joining us. Wallbanger and uh, Wallhanger. I'm sorry. Damn, Bryce, you messed up first and I did it second. Wallhanger, and we better get the name right because they're uh, second right now in that uh, Blue Marlin category. 
and uh and that's good stuff I, I, he was speaking your language there yeah, yeah i felt good. like i learned a thing or two yeah, as well. oh yeah he um you know he was you know calling a left short left long that's obviously i didn't know what that was that's like in your spread you kind of stagger your rods um certain distances into the into the water so um i was catching that you know i've obviously never done the whole blue marlin thing but uh, it was it was cool to you know obviously talk to him and he said he um, had seven football fields worth of line is that right Did yeah seven yeah six to seven hundred <laughs> uh, uh, yards worth of line and Man. of course he was talking about drag which I'm literally talking about thirty pounds of drag that's kind of in a different uh, category you know from you know for me like when you say thirty pounds I'm thinking ah uh, you know I look at thirty pounds and weight and I'm like oh it's nothing but I guess when you're talking into real so that that stuff I'm not as tuned into as far as drag purposes but uh yeah hearing him talk is definitely fun and obviously kind of flows when you get freshmen together and stuff like that so um uh, that was cool i'm glad he was able to come on for sure so uh jonathan ellerby has called uh, a blue marlin bryce williams is not he's uh but how about that that was cool to see those other fish come up the dolphin and the the wahoo you ever called you've called them oh yeah i've called dolphin a wahoo um and that was cool that was uh Jay's friend Paris Sasser, who actually I saw Saturday, Friday, no, Saturday, whatever day, this weekend. Mm-hmm. This, is, uh, this weekend, he got him so a Wahoo. He got him a Wahoo. So I'm assuming I'm not sure where that stands as far as uh, standings in the game fish um, category, but that's obviously cool for uh, him to be the angler and to catch a, a you know 42 pound uh, Wahoo. Cool stuff. Uh, Bryce Williams joining us. Shirley Rhodes. Let's open up the booty bag and make somebody a winner. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. Booty, 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 booty everywhere. All right, 317-1250. We will make you a winner. Shirley, what do you want to give away today? Uh, how about a pair of tickets to a Down East Wood, buck, wood Ducks? Wood Bucks. <laughs> wood Bucks, yeah. Uh-huh. Wall Wood Ducks baseball game. <laughs> We're all mixing up our words. I know, that game. All right, hey, more baseball to watch, folks, right down the road in Kinston at Historic Granger Stadium. What call are you looking for, Show 12. All right, caller 12, 317-1250. We're back with more with Bryce Williams after this. You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Quality Equipment is your full-service John Deere dealer with 28 locations to serve you. Quality Equipment is open in Winterville next to Sam's Club. Or you can visit online at qualityequip.com to find the location near you. And congratulations to Robert Matthews of Ahoski. Won a pair of tickets to a Down East Wood Ducks baseball game. Uh, of course, uh, baseball is back in Kinston. And you can get single game tickets and check out all the fun promotions that they've got planned this season at woodducksbaseball.com. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. Alrighty, back with you here on Pirate Radio Live. Shout out to our... Uh, Bryce is doing it all today. He's a guest. Uh, he's a host. He's a guest booker. Uh, Chandler and I both said, great job, Bryce. You carried Thanks, that guys. interview because you knew what you were talking about. Well, I appreciate that, guys. What I, I don't like that you did that like now people, <laughs> now people know what it's like to have a knowledgeable interviewer talking to people <laughs> uh but no that was great man and thank you to dylan rudy for joining us and uh 
he had uh, some good insight on what all goes on out there and uh, first-hand knowledge because they caught a big one yesterday. They're uh, second right now in the standings in the Blue Marlin field, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Um, yeah, that was interesting. Obviously, I can't imagine the – you know, we get all fired up when we're offshore, like when we hook a wahoo or dolphin or king. Like, it's, oh, boy, you know, and, I mean, all this. And, uh, I mean, they got – one, they got a lot of money on the line, and you're dealing with, you know, a 500-plus-pound fish, a fish that can get into 1,000 pounds – you know, so exceed a thousand pounds, and you know, obviously, it's not, you know, wahoo dolphin. You know, you can kind of hold your own, you know, with things like that, like with grabbing the leader or flipping them or gaffing them. But when you're got, you know, you have a fish of that size. I mean, it's, I mean, it's literally like it. It can be really dangerous because, you know, you get your hand if you're not wrapping that leader around just right to be able to release. You know, that that fish can take off and if you get caught in i mean that you can get yanked in and uh i mean it, yeah it can be it can get dangerous out there so you definitely have to know what you're doing um when you're you know doing that kind of fishing and they said seven hour fight two hours to get back in i'm assuming around two to get out there right mm, so. i think lines are in at eight yeah and then lines, so we're at 11 hours I mean, just lines that. Are, yeah lines are out you know yeah lines are in at eight and then out at three I mean, obviously, if you're hooked up, you know, it's, you, right. you can prolong you little, that. Yeah. Um, and that's a big deal. I mean, when you fight a fish. If you're um, hooked up, do they? is there a cutoff time? No, no. If you're hooked up, you, you're, know, you okay. just until it's done. Like, I remember a fish last year. I mean, I think it, they fought it well into eight hours, maybe a little farther uh, or longer, and ended up, like, pulling the hook. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I, I yeah. mean that, would, that would be sickening. Yeah. Um, you know, to have that happen. So even then, you pushing seven hours. You know, gear could get frayed. You know, from the fish's tail. Um, you know, and you know the line could get you know get frail and all that with the fish's tail or you know tail wrapped is what we call it. I mean, because you know there's so much line out. There's potential for that line to wrap around the fish's tail, and then obviously, you know, that calls for the fish to you know obviously die and things like that. Um, so yeah, it's uh like i said it's a big it's a big deal out there uh josh said there were 40 boats fishing today uh robert and robert i almost did this but i thought it would be too hacky uh he said ask him if he's got his fishing license because there was a boat uh years back that lost millions because one guy didn't have his fishing license i remember that we talked about it extensively here on uh on pirate radio that year oh yeah i'm trying to remember when that was but i know you would think you know sport you know boats like that you know most of the time there could be like a blanket license like the whole if you're on that vessel like a, you know that boat has its license so everybody should i would think you know be able to fish that you know even if you don't have your license but i mean in general if you just do basic fishing uh, regardless you know it's obviously good to have your license but uh i'm assuming everybody was uh good there and he he texted me or told me like you know because they take polygraphs um, oh yeah you said yeah that. so he didn't have to do that because i was worried we had to push it back because he said he may have to do it but he didn't now what is the reasoning it. for that again asking about cheating stuff yeah that? just cheating stuff i wish i'd um, ask him about that that's in, why, yeah. what questions do they ask? oh yeah um because i don't know if they've got more strict on just you know with with cameras there's cameras on board i think there may not be a person on every vessel um you know that's watching or like you know referees whatever you call it but uh yeah it would have been cool to get into sort of some of the technicalities of you know the rules and what's the standard and if the whole you know if that gaff clears the plane of the you know the gunnel wall you know it's like then you got to commit to it or it's 
little things like that mm. would have been uh, interesting to hear firsthand we caught that stream at a good time there were boats coming in fish uh, up there and, yeah and now it's just we're just watching water and just a few water. guys sitting on the dock I guess. Yeah, <laughs> like i thought i was like man there's a lot of action going on yeah and now it's kind of calmed down a little bit yeah it's neat when you like obviously if you follow like on their um um app yeah, following like on the app, they'll say, Twitter hey, account. They'll say so-and-so's coming in at this time, arranged ETA that, you know, the app and says, hook, you know, give everybody who's hooked up or who's pulled hook or who's, you know, who's boated. What's, you know, There's a lot of there. communication going on because they say when somebody's hooked, when they release, mm-hmm. when they're, they, they're oh, yeah. coming in. Might, yeah. Okay, Boat we got something going down. here. Y'all saw what happened Saturday during the ladies' tournament with the boat backing down. Was that with the with when the, they hit each other? When uh, yeah, when the April May I guess it is um, was pulling out. I guess you know current rips through there because there was what I mean boats filled up in there. Current tripping through there gets rough, and I guess the current took them and the you know the cricket on Jaws, you know the boat that they fish on Jaws. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, there's a cricket too that fishes out of there. It's the old looking boat, and uh, goodness gracious that i guess i forgot what jay calls it but it's like almost like a plank a long plank that's probably 12 15 feet like stretches out across the bow of the boat and that boat the sport fish hit into it busted the side glass broke the uh outrigger and i was like because we saw them because we were on the sandbar or the little beach that is on the waterfront saw them come in and then when they were coming back to back in we saw the glass busted the oh, man. I said, what in the world happened there <laughs> and uh i was like goodness gracious that was a definitely an expensive trip for that day on top so, of <laughs> yeah no doubt so how close were you to all this stuff so you were uh i was back this way probably okay 100 yeah 200 yards or so like on the same waterfront cool like, you could see all the boats and stuff and there was a bunch out there all right what are we gonna get here bros let's, see, let's what, see what we got we got we got somebody at the dock here this is live play-by-play uh-huh. of uh the big rock youtube stream well it's not a marlin because they're in they're obviously in the uh keel box ice box whatever you want to call it because the marlin's not fitting in there mm-hmm. and if it is then that's what like, do you where do you put the marlin when you're bringing it up there's just, just laying the on, they must yeah. have like a entry i think a big big wahoo Thing. we got us a while uh, if that succeeds 42 pounds well that looks like a pretty good one are they my about butt, to beat my, your buddy they might be <laughs> all right we got some drama here uh, uh as we uh watch this and we'll give you the uh the weight on it and the length on it is there, are they looking at length or weight oh, but, okay. no, for wahoo uh you done any fishing since we last talked to you oh yeah we went fishing and me and jake um we went fishing saturday and uh it was seven of us on a, one of jake's buddy's boats and has a little has some stuff we had an exciting exciting trip we kind of had um gear set up to catch kind of you know bigger spanish and things like that um live baiting and uh well needless to say we got into i guess some bigger fish we ended up catching a 42 inch cobia which i've never caught been on a boat and caught a cobia um or caught a cobia in that matter so that was exciting to uh have that cobia uh, caught and I mean it was within the first like seconds of the lines oh, in the water both lines so both rods went off so we're thinking oh man we're doubled up and we brought the first cobia came up and then a second one was even bigger and I was like oh dang we've hooked up and I'm sitting there looking at a spinning reel with a bucktail on it that you can pitch to them because I didn't think none of it because I thought we were hooked up and they're like 
wait, where'd that one go? Well, the Kobe that they hooked ate both baits. So it's like almost if I would have known that, I could have pitched that bait to him and hooked onto the fish, which would have been awesome to do. We probably broke off, goodness, I bet a dozen times or pulled hook of bigger fish, caught some big amberjack. I fought one for probably like 15 minutes because I was on lighter tackle. I'm like, all right, let's get this thing in. And then we see color, and then I end up pulling the hook. And I was like, tag coming. But uh, it, it was good. And then we caught a uh, three grouper. So that was uh, it was a good day. There you go. All before lunchtime. I mean, yeah. that's a heck of a morning for you. All right. So I think it said 40, 40, 46. Oh, they got dang. your buddy. Man. Bummer. The rare breed brings I think in it's a game, Yeah, in game fish category, that did win some money now all right let's uh, get another break in we'll come back more with bryce williams here on pirate radio live on a tuesday back with you after this You're listening to Hour 3 of Pirate Radio Live. This hour of PRL is brought to you by Bud Light. Reminding Pirate fans to stay in the game and drink responsibly. Bud Light, the official beer of the ECU Pirates and proudly distributed by Carolina Eagle Distributing since 1989. Now, back to the show. Welcome back. Do you want to get rid of wrinkles? How about tighten and lift your skin? Smooth your skin texture. Erase veins and brown spots and get rid of unwanted hair. Are you interested in Botox or filler? Contact the licensed professionals at Beauty Bar Medispa on Red Banks Road in Greenville. For consult- uh, free consultations, rather, are available by calling 752-1406 or visit beautybarmedispa.com for more information. Enjoy your visit. Love your transformation. Now let's head back in to Pirate Radio Live. Here is your host, Clip Rock. All righty, back with you here, Pirate Radio Live. Thanks to Dylan Rudy for joining us on the program from the boat wall hanger called a blue marlin yesterday and he gave us all the details with our uh interviewer bryce williams joining us here getting some great answers oh yeah uh, with some great questions uh you mentioned you went to the movies uh so you went to the movie theater right to see the new top gun yep Mm -hmm. um i haven't been in the movie theater in forever but i was thinking about do you remember the first movie you ever saw in the movie theater because i think i remember mine ah I don't think so. So I was a. I can't believe I remember this. This might be a false memory. I have to ask my. I'm pretty sure this is right though. So I wasn't even six years. I was about to turn six. Do I have a memory from that long ago? I was a huge <laughs> He Man fan. Uh-huh. And I want. I believe I saw Masters of the Universe in the theater. It came out in '87. I might have been six at the time i don't know but i i have that memory mom if you're listening let me know if that is a correct memory of going to see <laughs> masters of the universe in the uh in the movie theater dolph lundgren who played the uh the russian boxer mm. in rocky four uh oh. was he-man in that movie oh. back in the day so there you go man I how big in... was he how tall was the old dolph dolph hey let's get the uh does it say it on his profile he's not an athlete so it probably doesn't. I'll have to Google it. How tall is Dolph Lundgren? Yeah, I tell you, if I, if, you know, football wasn't the thing, I should have done like a movie thing. As far as he's yeah. six five, see, I'm taller than him. Yeah, I could have gone the movie route. You could be him. You could fight Rocky. Rocky's five ten. You Jeez, could beat his ass. What a wimp. <laughs> 
Uh, so there you go. Yeah, you were out in L.A. You should have just stayed there, Bryce. <laughs> had a new career. You could have mm-hmm. been on uh, Yellowstone. Yeah. Do you watch cool. Yellowstone? You know, I didn't have because I don't have like the Paramount thing oh, yeah. or whatever, oh, but that, that would have been cool because they would have to put like facial hair on me, I guess, to make me look a little more. <laughs> nah, you got a stash. Oh, that, hey, you know what? Thanks. <laughs> that makes me feel good. All right, Tom Selleck in here. <laughs> uh, who else? Don Mattingly. Who are the famous mustaches out there in the world? Oh, I guess Selleck's number one mm-hmm. on the, on the uh, hit list. All right, so uh, Bryce, uh, you got any plans for the... I, I keep thinking it's Wednesday. It's Tuesday. It is Tuesday. Um, we just got off the weekend. What are your plans the rest of the week? Um, I think, I mean, I'm going to try and be on a boat in some form or fashion. If it might be the beach again, um, you know, who knows? But if anything, it'll be on the water is my intentions. All right, here you go. Here's our, our question of the day, Bryce, was who do you hate in sports? Now, we're big sports fans. Mm. So I, I hate the Cowboys with a passion. Uh, ECU-wise, it was either NC State or North Carolina. Most of the answers said Billy mm-hmm. Weaver had West Virginia just because he went there and, mm-hmm. you know, they threw stuff at him and battery, like all kinds of Wait, crap. he went to West Virginia? He went to a stuff? game there oh. covering it for ECU. Oh. And the fans acted, you know, oh. like trash. So he personally hates them. Mm. So – uh, you're not a huge like rah rah guy, so you probably yeah. You um, hate the Panthers because of what they did. To yeah, you I don't draft care day. for the Panthers. <laughs> yeah. How about ECU wise? Did you did you yeah, hate an ECU, opponent? I mean, I yeah, I mean, I didn't. Obviously, it was like State and Carolina, just because you know they seemed like they were, you know, that we were the uh, the uh, what I guess the uh, stepchild or you know just the kind of like the, oh that they were better than us. I guess is the way I'm trying to get here. I said earlier in the show. You could be, you could put up fifty-five and seventy on Carolina, which you literally did, mm-hmm. and they still say, "Well, we took them lightly. That's why they did." But it's like because we're better than y'all. So to funny, why would you say that? Like, that's so dumb. Hey, yeah, it, it's admitting that you weren't prepared to do your job, but also a loss. That's hundred and twenty-five points in right. two games. Like, how lightly <laughs> did you think this was? Like seven on seven, or like flag yeah. football, or something? I yeah. don't know. Very yeah. lame excuse. Oh, it's terrible. I but mean, they it, still go by it, and well, like go. But that just well, here's that just shows the mentality of your team. You're gonna take a team lightly, like you've been. You're in college football. What what makes you think? Hey, you know, oh, these are guys are nobody. Like we never. I mean, obviously had a lot more, a lot of confidence, but you still didn't just jog through your plays or you know just anything like that no, so it's a man, lame that, excuse oh yeah so they're foolish <laughs> very lame anybody and here's the problem too with the american or conference usa it's just hard to kind of develop heated rivalries now we had some great yeah. games and you got a, yeah. a personal deal with marshall yeah like, we had some big games at the end of the year with those guys southern miss you didn't play them did you was that after I, I want to say I played them one year. Okay, we I had think. a good rivalry with them. Yeah, uh, remember back Southern in the Miss? Day. Yeah, Southern Miss being a you know kind of a big one in the Conference USA. Was it Houston? Was that one that we kind of yeah looked at as you, a, and the, I guess the Florida schools, but I don't know. Yeah, it's not because Florida they like FIU. They came in. Oh, I was talking about South Florida. Central oh, South Florida. Florida. Oh, yeah. FAU, FIU. We barely yeah. even knew them. Yeah. That was one season, wasn't it? It was one or two. Yeah, um, yeah that is true. I've never really thought about it. I was like, who would be our in conference rivals? It's kind of just opponents. Yeah. You know, say, oh, man, big game against, you know, so and so. Temple. Yeah, Temple. You know, <laughs> um, Chandler, you know, what do you think? In the 
I hope y'all didn't talk about this, but in the Conference USA days, like Southern Miss, we did. But you can reiterate it because yeah. that was that felt I, like yeah. a conference rival. Mm-hmm. I thought Marshall did a little it bit. It seemed too. like yeah. we were all, and Marshall. It seemed like almost every we played year, the end of the year. We were always playing for the East Division, against right? Them. Yeah, and that makes it a rivalry when you got stakes and everything. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's the one it. thing that kind of stinks about this conference. It's so spread out. Yeah. Another thing that makes a good rivalry, Bryce. You probably you knew people probably that. Went to state or like state, like Carolina, oh, so you yeah. could kind of talk junk to oh, them. Oh yeah, no, you don't know anybody that goes to like Southern Miss. Like, no, <laughs> so no, it's kind of hard to. Actually, it's funny I do know. Somebody. Oh, there you yeah. go. <laughs> Call them up. And... Uh, we'll say, uh, Tol- don't know my Tulsa. There you go. You don't know any Golden Hurricane folks no. running around. No, so. they was just another opponent. Bryce, good stuff, man. Thank y'all for having me. You made a mistake today, though. You showed us that you could do more than what you're currently doing Uh-oh. here. So now we're going to expect it. Uh oh. That's why he you, did one more. Today. He did. You That's did why you more. never go above and beyond. Because now we're going to expect you to do it every week. <laughs> hey, to whom much up, is given, much is expected. <laughs> hey, I'm up for it. Well, the good thing is we're not giving him much. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, Bryce, you're the man. Thanks for joining yeah, us. Yeah. Thank y'all for having me. Have a good week. Yep. All right, Chan Man, Shirley Rhodes. Yes, we'll see y'all Wednesday, 3 o'clock. We will talk to the prop queen, Ariel Epstein, Stephen Igo, and uh, probably do some exit interviews, some wrap-ups with Scott Rogers and Patrick Mason we as well. We need to ask Ariel about her experience in the jungle, too. We will. Well, uh, she was hanging out in the jungle, the press box, stands everywhere. So we'll, uh, we'll talk about that with Ariel Epstein on Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in today. We'll see you Wednesday. So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Pirate Radio Live, an exclusive presentation of the voice of the Pirate Nation.